Hey everybody and welcome to episode 548 of Video Game Apocalypse. I'm your host Michael Rapara is coming to you from the AKD Memorial Studio of the Airwaves. If you want it to be the U Memorial Studio of the Airwaves, you gotta be a patron. Go to patreon.com slash laser time. Join us at the $20 level or any level below that so long as you don't want the studio named after you. Who's joining me? Ah, Chris Antista bringing you into No Nut November with a platinum in Spider-Man 2. And... <laughs> <laughs> the third wheel to these two original Talk Radar hosts, uh, the dual hostagonists, if you will, Matthew Allen. Ah, never thought of it like that. How yeah, long has that either. been now? We've done. We've been doing this show together longer than the show was running before I joined. I I, I do that math sometimes. No, but I think Michael and I. Oh eight. Oh eight. Yeah, we started Talk Radar in oh eight. We started this show with thirteen. So. Feel like an old man. Years. Not gonna buy Dickety yeah. thirteen. Dickety eight. Why? Yeah. Why? Fifteen uh, years. Oh, good lord. Good lord. No. Got I a never... lot to say. Yeah. Got a lot to say. Mm-hmm. I've never loved anybody that long. Love hearing ourselves talk. <laughs> <laughs> never said <laughs> if that. If Dave was here, he'd talk about like that dog is dead now. Like I'm mm-hmm. sure I know for a fact there have been dogs that we've had during that, recording this show. That guest is dead now. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a cheery note to kick us off. Hey, uh, not even I, in spooky I'm, season anymore. I'm shaking out my post spooky season morbidity yeah. and suffering from no nut November <laughs> backup. <laughs> uh, getting more and more aggressive. Yeah, well, we would have recorded this on Dia de los Muertos, but uh, we had a big internet outage, so we had to push back, running a bit late this week. But that is also enabling us to talk about uh, more new releases than we would have previously. So that's going to be another beefer for Matt to edit uh, at second segment. (laughs) But (laughs) before we get to that, we've had a couple of new releases that have taken an unusual approach to their protagonist. One might even say a dualistic approach or bicameral approach. I'm probably misusing those words. We've had Spider-Man 2 Mm. and now Alan Wake 2, both of which Mm. have given us two different perspectives to explore, two different heroes to take control of, and let us... Wait, wait, can I say it? Can I say it? Uh, Two heroes at the same time. Yeah, two heroes at the same time. There we go. That's what I do, man. That's a good episode title. (laughs) Two heroes at the same time, or not at the same time, but you can swap between them. I thought that's... Oh, any time in Alan Wake? Just about. Like, there... Okay. It's it's when you find, like, janitor's closets, and there will be, like, a little thing where you can shift realities. Wait, is the janitor from Control in Alan Wake 2? Please tell me That's That's a spoiler. So God if you if you don't want to hear the spoiler, skip ahead like five I seconds. Think you but you just yes. said it. Yeah, that was like Tucker Carlson being asked if he's vaccinated. He's like, well, why, why, why would you ask me that? Yeah. Why would you ask me that? That's like asking me my favorite sex position. Like you could have said no, mm-hmm. <laughs> which you're telling all your yeah. viewers to do. Yeah, the the real answer is he got all the vaccines plus the ultra elite vaccine that they spray in your mouth like from Glass Onion. He got uh, it. He got it while you, he got the vaccine while your parents were still dying mm-hmm. <laughs> of, of him tell, of, because he told them not to take in, the vaccine. In fact, he jumped the line over your parents. Mm-hmm. So just mm-hmm. you know, bear that in mind next time you see his face. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's not video game politics. It's video game oh! apocalypse. Oh, oh shit! He did the thing. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> yeah. So Matt, you came up with the idea of like, well, what about what? What are some other games with two heroes? 
And turns out there's a shit ton of other games with two heroes. I thought we refined it a little bit. We more, did. We did refine it. I'm going to lay down the to. rules. There were too many to choose. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, our top top five games with dual heroes. But here's the thing. It has to have two heroes and only two two main characters. Yeah. Oh, um, what? Not counting Sorry, like char- Theft Auto characters five. and other, other modes. They have to have different or complementary skill sets. They can't just be the same character palette swaps. And... You have to be able to swap between them freely at some point, more or less freely. Just, just like a swingers party, man. Mm-hmm. You gotta like, be able to swap between them whenever you want. At will, not things. not like Call of Juarez, where it differs right. every level, or Call of Juarez, Bound in Blood, where you or choose last a different of one us at the beginning of each level. Well, I, I think though there is a caveat of like. At some point in the game, if you can't always do it, it needs to unlock that ability so that yeah. you can you can hot swap. So. Yeah, you can hot swap. So, so hot confused. swappable <laughs> heroes. I'm so confused <laughs> about this idea because even even when you're playing like Spider-Man Two, you can swap between two characters mm-hmm. to do its version of driving to a thing. Yeah, yeah. And, and then after that, it locks you in. Like, yeah. You cannot switch between the two characters. In fact, you can't even go into this mission with certain characters. But in and the there open are some world. games that are like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. GTA. GTA had a ton of stuff. Remember, it had icons on the map. You see you see that F. Don't even bother showing up as Michael. Right. Yeah. You, yeah. It's not like Trevor cares what the fuck's going on with Michael's kid with mm-hmm. his teenage son. But also, GTA had three characters, and we're just focusing on ones with two. That's because... the criteria you're concerned with? Yes. The Sesame Street of it all? Yes. <laughs> that is three, not two. No, it's <laughs> exactly. Swapability. That doesn't count. All right. Let's get into it. It'll become clearer as we go on. I hope. Number five. And who is this Black Emperor? You're friends with the Black Emperor? So did he let you cruise around in his UFO? I can't listen to you both at once. I can't. This is too much. I tell you. I I can't keep up. You see, I just can't. Oh, the plan is, uh, is, well, uh, I know what it is. Mm-hmm. I just want to put it out there: like, not all Black Emperors drive around in UFOs. Okay, <laughs> we're not that kind of show. I thought you were going to say we're... something about Godspeed, you Black Emperors. God... No, sorry, Godspeed, you Black Emperors. <laughs> much less classy. I thought it was. Uh, I didn't like the tone. Hmm. This game well, is beautiful, uh, man. It is yeah. beautiful, so Joe beautiful. Two. Absolutely yes. beautiful, beautiful Joe Two. Uh, so yes, you can play once again as beautiful Joe. And he's joined by his girlfriend, Sylvia. And, like, right from the beginning, you can swap between them at any time. And here's what it sounds like. Go get him, sexy! Joe me your action. Uh, and then let's get it on. Wow, I mm-hmm. see what they were doing there. Yeah, yeah. And the reason why this is kind of, you know, at the, the start of our list is because, like, this is, number one, this is a fantastic game. Uh, it is super fun, as always in any beautiful Joe game, to slow down time and beat the shit out of your enemies with what feels like force that's magnified a hundred times. You just hear mm-hmm. every single splintering bit of metal and bone or whatever it is that these little robot guys are made out of. As you, as you beat them up in slow motion, you know, you turn on the, <laughs> the, the fast motion and you will set them on fire. Sylvia, while she's... Especially especially since you're playing as what essentially is a ripped dwarf. 
Yeah, <laughs> basically. <laughs> but S- Sylvia, like, as cool as it is that she's included, like, as a character, she's not quite as much fun. And it comes down to the punches. As Joe, it's super fun to throw punches and beat the shit out of enemies. With Sylvia, you kind of have to adjust your approach because she, she has a gun instead. And that, mm. like, doesn't deal out quite the same amount of damage, but it does have range. So you need to, like, if you want to deal a whole bunch of damage at close range, you have to rely on kicks. I should probably say a little bit about what the game is for those who've never played A Beautiful Joe. Like, these oh, are these are side-scrollers that are, like, cell-shaded, and it's about a, a just a, a dork-ass loser who winds up in a movie world where he can become, like... A superhero from a 60s Japanese TV show or movie, tokusatsu kind of guy. He becomes Beautiful Joe, and he gets film powers so he can use slow motion, just kind of like bullet time, lets him automatically dodge, lets him punch bullets back at the people who shot them, lets him throw enemies around the screen if he stuns them by dodging. He can have fast motion, which again sets things on fire, makes things move faster. If you're on a propeller platform, it'll go up faster. And he's got zoom, which lets you... It's its just like striking a pose and doing an attack that does bonus damage. Uh, it's all really cool and really stylish. But Sylvia yeah, also yeah, has... They're all movie-related powers, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sylvia shows up. She also has the slow-mo. Instead of the fast motion, she has replay, where you can basically capture a movement and repeat it three times. And mm-hmm. so that's that's useful for solving a lot of puzzles. Yeah, I remember, but- I remember not choosing to play as her as much because I just I couldn't find the functionality from her gameplay. But mm-hmm. I don't think it was rooted in... <laughs> Early two thousand sexism. Yeah, it, it. Not saying it wasn't, but I. But like I'd play. I just played a full game with Joe's playstyle, and it's like here, learn another one that isn't exactly clear what her strategy is, and I didn't look it up, so I very rarely used her. Yeah. Except when I was really, really bad at a boss. Yeah. And then well, you just it, pick it, chip away. It just didn't like her character. Just didn't quite deliver what I wanted from Beautiful mm-hmm. Joe, which was that feeling of just pummeling and like being a cool superhero and. Yeah. Uh, and and it's it, not like, a, I don't want to play as the girl. No, no. Uh, it, I think it's just like not having the internet because I would have come across an article like, Sylvia is OP if you do this one thing. Mm-hmm. The game doesn't tell you that. But it's yeah. clear, I don't think Capcom would have designed it her to be weaker than Joe. Well, one would hope not. Uh, it just wasn't what they did. They already had a bunch of great fighting game, uh, fighting game chicks. That's true. So, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys know if this game plays the same as the DS game, the uh, the Double Trouble? Like, does that let you play as both characters? Or I don't know. Yeah, I never played Double I, Trouble. The only reason I know even Double Trouble exists is because I'm currently searching right now. I'm like, God, you know what? I haven't looked into it, but like, can you play a beautiful Joe game nowadays? Like, is it available was... on Xbox? No. The answer is no. It is just no. fucking trapped on Nintendo yes. DS, PlayStation 2, or GameCube. GameCube. Like, you can't get that. Maybe PC. I'll have to look on Steam. Does that mean you can play it on my Wii U? You still throw GameCube discs in there? Who would try? What a terrible system. <laughs> I don't know. It's uh, such a bummer, though, because it's like, we've talked on this show before, like, Beautiful Joe, amazing series right out of the gate, but quickly lost momentum in Steam because it's like, wow, they're just making the same game over yeah, and over. Yeah, there and wasn't... It was a difficult game to innovate for. It was sort of like 
I think the reason I love it, it is Jet Set Radio meets Final Fight. Sure. Yeah. Walk walk forward. I mean, you don't have a little bit of last action hero thrown in there, you know, with the premise of going Mm -hmm. into the movie. But it's uh but like it it I mean, that doesn't mean we shouldn't ever gotten any more of it ever. You know what I mean? Like the fact that you can't just you can't buy it anywhere. We got Red Hot Rumble, which was like the Smash Brothers game. Yes. And that was I think based off the Saturday morning cartoon and no nobody really wanted it. If it's if it's Capcom make it a game like that, a fucking make it Power Stone game, idiots. What are you doing? Let Capcom make their three games a year, one of them that's a remake, and let's keep moving forward. They have yeah. a stellar track record now. Just check, by the mm. way, yeah, Beautiful Joe's not even on Steam, kind of thing. No, I don't think that it ever came pretty ridiculous. To PC. But, so. yeah, I, I do like that the game establishes early on that, like, you know, Sylvia is really cool, and Joe's kind of an idiot. That, like, you know, she, she shows up and, like, you know... So everybody, when they run out of juice, basically, out, out of the V-Power... The, you have to play as like them as normal humans for a little bit, and then when that meter refills, they get their costumes and their powers back. Mm-hmm. Uh, but her outfit is like you know this this really stylish ensemble, and Joe notices like how'd you change into that? And she's like, it's the movies; we can do anything we want. And he's like, oh, let me yeah. try. And he like strains really hard, and what he comes up with, he he just puts a little V logo on the side of his ball cap, like that's <laughs> the extent of his his style. <laughs> Tension go Yeah. And they're always, they, they, they bicker a lot too in all the cutscenes. Your con scum against Ghetto's Elite Fit Panzer Division, 1st Reconnaissance Regiment, 2nd Platoon! Elite? <laughs> you gotta be kidding me. Try dating Sylvia here. She'll have you whimpering in seconds flat. Come on. Joe, what's that supposed to mean? Ha! Enemy has produced weaponry 10 meters ahead! Yeah, she. Literally just starts pointing her gun in his face. Joe. Was that was that a thing in the nineties and early two thousands? Like, we're, did we still have the bickering couple? Is this fucking Burns and Allen yes. or Fibber McGee mm-hmm. and Molly over here? Like, yeah. it's, it's also most modern. It's romancing the stone. Yeah, there you go. That's a good one. <laughs> That's also pretty that, common in a lot of anime. In the, yeah, I think uh, the, the beautiful or... Joe series didn't have anywhere to go because I was just looking at Double Trouble and like that is an odd attempt at making that game three D where it loses. All of its visual charm, all of it is gone. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that like was what, just for DS, right? It wasn't even 3D. Yeah, yeah. it didn't need to be 3D, but mm-hmm. they did it anyway. Mm-hmm. Cell shady and jagged and uh, almost 100p. It's always oh, cell shady. Yeah, I know, but it's also like been a 2D game. Oh, like, you're this saying thing that's how it around. should be? Yes, I see. It's how it should be, mm-hmm. but like, uh, I mean, maybe. Uh, you have to find a really weird way to innovate it, to keep iterating on it, and I think nobody had that idea. I don't have that idea either. I don't. I don't blame them. Mm-hmm. And everything they tried didn't work. Beautiful Joe two, great review scores, but like everyone's like, it is very, very much like the last game. Yeah, almost exactly I, I the think, same. Realizing I, I skipped it because of that. Mm-hmm. Well, part of these games, too, is like, uh, probably playthroughs 10 to 15 hours maximum or something. It's like, this is, though, the kind of game that's, it seems custom made for, like, a Game Pass thing. Like, I yeah. I would love to see resurgence of, like, yeah, we're not going to sell, like, 10 million copies, but we're going to put this on Game Pass and people are going to love it. Yeah. Bundle it with Hi-Fi Rush. Make it that, shorter. That's what, that's what <laughs> I was just about to say. is like It's very much like a Hi-Fi Rush to me. It's like, yeah, man, that's awesome. I'm glad I got that as part of my subscription. And Capcom makes their money back, plus a little extra dime. Got to make that profit. Yeah, everyone wins. Yeah, man. Beautiful Joe collection. I know they like re-releasing stuff. They do. Yeah. Yeah, make it happen. We also get to see 
Uh, not only we get to play as Sylvia, we get to meet uh, Joe's dad in this. Yeah. This theater is not your playhouse. I've been working since dawn to keep this place tidy. You think you can come along and just... Uncle Jack, do it for me. Pretty, please? Well, I guess I couldn't refuse a lady. There's oh. something really creepy about someone calling their boyfriend's dad uncle. Uh, I, I guess in this case they do establish that, like, oh, no, uh, like, their their dads are, like, lifelong friends. And so they, they grew up, to, they're, they're like childhood sweethearts. I see. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I, I guess that it's still creepy. I'm sorry. Yeah. It's <laughs> still weird. His dad's yeah, a theater good. owner. Her dad's a director. And, uh, yeah, they have they have a long history together, it turns out. I don't out. think I'm going to make it through No Not November now. Hmm. I, that's <laughs> my kind of creepy. <laughs> Gross. Stop uh, yeah. pretending you're even trying. <laughs> stop, stop pretending I was disqualified just before this podcast. <laughs> this is very much a Kramer situation. I'm out! I'm <laughs> out! <laughs> Let's move along to... Number four. Some Castlevania ass music. In that there. is some Castlevania ass music and some DSS sound quality. Portrait of Ruin. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, so this Portrait of Ruin was uh, one of the DS Castlevanias, and it puts you in control of a duo, Jonathan Morris, who's the son of John Morris, the guy from Bloodlines. Oh. They're like an off offshoot relative of the Belmont family, so his whole thing is like, he has the vampire killer whip, but he doesn't know how to wield it yet. So you have to <laughs> use a bunch of other weapons that you find throughout Dracula's castle, and he's accompanied at all times by Charlotte Owlin, who is a powerful magic yeah, user. and uh, So it, it really, like, he's he's the typical... Belmont whip character where you know you're, you're all about your melee attacks and just direct aggression and she is all about like her weapons kind of suck but she has really powerful magic as her sub weapons so mm. that's what you want to use her for and you can uh you can have both characters on screen and attacking at the same time you can send the other one away and just have one hero at a time and you can switch between them at any time with a rather infamous sound effect. Yes, I did just hammer on the button as quickly as I could. <laughs> I don't know. There's something about, like, even when I visited Japan for 15 days and I'm playing games, I never knew I was doing it unless I shouted it out loud. Hmm. It's very important. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> it's very, very important. Open the door. Mm-hmm. Close the door. Yeah. Fail it. No, no, November. <laughs> Buy a train ticket. Buy a train ticket. Put on a white token, shirt and black token. pants. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to call out all your attacks, man. That's how it goes. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Does help the hearing impaired. Mm-hmm. I've heard. Yeah. Yeah. That's just true. Yeah. This. I love this fucking game. Oh man. yeah. That's... I don't think. I don't think I could have had a more idyllic. Did you ever see the house I was renting in San Francisco before I like got a place of my own? It was I don't think so. Somebody I don't know how my buddy found it, but we needed like five bedrooms and enough in a garage someone else could sleep in. So we got like this fucking mansion like overlooking the Castro. 
and it had a back deck that you could like see the fireworks from Giant Stadium. And yeah. I was on that back porch playing through all of Portrait of Ruin, sleeping in a glorified living room. But uh, <laughs> but that ba- a back porch with a cool breeze with the Giants fireworks going off, and I am tearing through Portrait of Ruin. Probably the last Castlevania game I tore through. And that makes me very fucking sad. Yeah, well, it was a, it was a very tear throughable game. Um, yeah, like it was a lot of fun. It borrowed the the gimmick from Super Mario sixty four, where you're in a castle full of paintings. Guess what? Each painting is a new world that you can dive into, mm-hmm. and uh, that has its own hundred percent completion thing. So, oh, it's a thousand. Yeah, yeah. Pro- well, was it a thousand? I, I think it's a thousand. Wow. It's like okay. a thousand and six percent complete. It's like very <laughs> well, hard to completely complete meaningless number. Yeah, yeah, it, it, yeah. It was really. I don't know if I did all all of that. I might have because I think like it was back when you know when we were young. I think Brett wrote a guide for it mm. just because he tore through it as well. Wow. Yeah. I'm just so bummed that like. This game, I mean, none of the DS games are part of that advanced collection, and it's. Mm-hmm. I know it would be theoretically very difficult to do a ds collection but there are some solid castlevania ds games including this one that it's like come on just try guys just for us please pretty please honestly this doesn't do a whole lot with the second screen like you could you could easily just have this be on a single screen and it would be an identical experience um i think dawn of sorrow did a bit more with the screen but even that was just like here tap these blocks to make them disappear or uh, trace this spell pattern to seal this boss. And Just gotta get my Shadow of Ecclesia fixed. There are dozens mm-hmm. of us, Michael! Dozens! <laughs> yes. Well, that was that was fun, but for some reason I never finished that one. Because no. uh, the, the last boss is a fucking slog, man. It's a, it's a hard fucking fight. Um, if you're not prepared. Um, which I guess I'm not, even though I've got the most powerful spells. It doesn't matter. Anyway. Uh, Portrait just, of Just Ruin. go play Dead Cells Castlevania DLC expansion and get your Castlevania yeah. fixed that I way. still haven't played that yet. That's oh, very good. Yeah. But Portrait of Ruin was, like, it, it had this switching mechanic. It was built around the switching mechanic. Like, it was full of puzzles that you needed both characters to solve. Mm-hmm. For example, there, just early on, there's, like, a pressure switch that lowers a drawbridge, and you need to have both characters st- standing on it. There's also, like, a pillar that you have to push, and, like, you need to have one character jump up there and stay, and then the other character pushes it, and then you switch to the character on top and hop to the next platform, and then the character on the bottom will magically just follow you up there. It's it's, it's a lot of stuff like that. It's neat. It's, it's mm-hmm. a cool dynamic for Castlevania that, like, even though this is the series that basically invented this kind of character switching with Castlevania 3... Like you could you could swap between two characters at any time. Uh, it's it's not something it does a lot, Mm-mm. and so this was this was cool to see. Portrait of Ruin was so dedicated to two player co op. In fact, that like even the secret mode that you unlock after beating the game, where you play as like the the antagonist vampire sisters, like you are still playing as both of them, and they have complementary abilities, and they yell a lot when they switch. I love you. Yeah, it, I love you. I love you. <laughs> there's there's a lot of digitized voice in this one. It, it, it had online multiplayer. Did it? Yes. On the DS. <laughs> I, Lord knows I didn't see it, but wow. like it okay. did. Huh. I'll take your word for it. 
Yeah, look at the cover. It's got that Nintendo Wi-Fi bubble most everybody ignored. Oh, wow. Because it was guaranteed to rarely work. <laughs> With ad hoc, maybe. Um, yeah, it yeah. was, it was very, ad very hoc? bad. Ugh. Man, yes, yes. I don't even know what that fucking means that I just remember. Mm-hmm. We got we got regular multiplayer and ad hoc. I'm like, why don't you just have regular multiplayer? Because <laughs> then we got to maintain servers. Ugh. <sighs> God you got to be near Wi-Fi, which almost no one has in 2005 or whatever, apparently. We didn't? Yeah, some of <laughs> us did. It was a little rarer. Anyway, let's move along to a series that has always had two heroes at its forefront, but took until its first prequel to really put that dynamic front and center in its gameplay. Number three. It's going to be dangerous from here on in. Why don't we cooperate? Cooperate with you? Listen, little girl, if you haven't noticed, there's some pretty freaked out things on this train. And I, for one, want to get out of here. I don't think we stand a chance doing it alone. You expect me to trust you, a wanted felon? I don't need your help. I can handle this on my own. And don't call me little girl. All right, Miss Do-It-Yourself. What should I call you? The name is Rebecca Chambers, but that's Officer Chambers to you. Yeah. That's a porno name. That is absolutely a porno name. <laughs> Rebecca Chambers. And that sounded like the porno version of Train to Busan. Like, we're on this train together. There are zombies here with us. Mm-hmm. What should we do? And I just him happen to be delivering this pizza at the same time, Rebecca Chambers. <laughs> uh, uh, that's just Resident Evil-ass dialogue right there. Man. Yeah. Is, uh, Resident Zero Evil. slash Revelations? No, yeah, Resident Evil Zero. Resident Evil okay, Zero, right? Okay, okay written down revelations to as a possible consideration but that's like multiple heroes and you're always in control of two mm. uh, oh, yeah, yeah. but but this was the first two like when i say this this series began with dual heroes like the very first game you pick between chris redfield or jill valentine and that that is number one it's it's a difficulty determiner but it's also like it determines the path that you'll take through the game and the story that mm-hmm. you'll see so it's worth playing your twice but like they don't really join up, they don't help each other. Um, you're you're dependent have, on other They don't characters. have any team based combos. Damn it! No, I no, was not, just not gonna play game. Resident Evil One, unremade. Mm. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> no, I would never. Uh, so th- this one is is pretty neat because again, it's built around co op, but both of the characters have very limited inventory space. You need to swap between them. There's In times, a Resident Evil game? What yeah, are you talking about? More what? so than usual. What? Oh my gosh. You uh, share a briefcase. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it, it, like, each of their inventories looks like a PlayStation 1 memory card or something, where it's like, yeah, we've got like <laughs> nine little squares that we can fill with different things. I like that, that reference. That yeah. was good. Yeah. <laughs> but, Not even a Dreamcast or the Animate or anything like that. It's just mm-hmm. these weird squares. So Rebecca Chambers, yes, is is on a train full of zombies. The star's medic who's supposed to be an elite law enforcement officer and yet acts like a teenage girl who's trying to prove herself. With uh, Billy Cohen, who's a wanted felon. He's a Marine who was scheduled for execution because uh, he he killed like 28 people. Um in no spoilers, uh, no, no, he didn't. So you're you're stuck together on this train, and it's only a train for a little while. Pretty soon, it crashes into a an umbrella executive training facility, and mm. it's been taken over by monsters. And of course, you know the the new form of the T virus this time. This being a prequel to Resident Evil One, you get uh, to fight these 
horrible leech abominations that appear and and just like yeah just slugs it's fill like, up this train car and infest all the passengers and it's super nasty you never see them again in any resident evil game maybe maybe one of the later ones i don't know i hate slugs <laughs> i yep. hate them doesn't strike the same kind of terror does it Mm-mm. not really i mean they're they're gross but uh, slow moving things you can kill with a cheap condiment uh-huh yeah. <laughs> but, by the way, yeah. don't do that. That really does work. Yeah, it's no, don't. To see. Uh, I I did it once when I was a kid. Never again. Mm-hmm. Don't don't want to watch that. Uh, miserable way to kill a creature. But uh, you can kill these creatures. Well, you can't actually because you're mostly fighting zombies and larger monsters. You don't so much fight the leeches themselves. They appear in cutscenes, or they turn into larger monsters and shamble after you. But uh, this is this is kind of neat in that like when Rebecca and Billy are in the same area, uh, you can you can hot swap between them. You can give orders to the non-active one. You can have them be like, okay, follow me and attack anything. Follow me, don't attack anything. Stay here, whatever. Uh, and I didn't realize when we did that thing about uh, games that let you control two characters at once. You can control both of them at once because the non-active one will be mapped to the right analog stick. So you can't you can't mm. shoot as them, but you can move them around, which is useful if they're like hanging out too close to an encroaching enemy. Um, but yeah, they they talk to each other a lot, like so. Come on, Roger. I'll go alone. Okay. This way. Okay. I'll check it out. Okay. And that's the sound <laughs> when you switch. You stay here. Yeah. Let's it's go. Sound, yeah. Sounds like me getting here. off the phone okay. with my mom. This way. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay. okay. Sure. Yeah. Uh-huh. 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 Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Right. I'll take care to watch the weather. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yes. Okay. okay. Yes, you're right. Yes. No, I'm not hungry. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well. And this being a prequel, they knew they had to set up something that would pay off later in the series. So here's a scene where you've got Birkin, the second game's antagonist, talking to Wesker. And uh, about their their diabolical plans for after this current operation goes south. I will simply say goodbye to Umbrella. The biological weapon utilizing the T-virus has almost been completed. Our only remaining task is to acquire combat data. You can't be serious. I refuse to abandon my work. I have finished the research on the T-virus, but I need a little more time to complete the more powerful G-virus. Do as you wish. I will follow my initial plan and lure the STARS members into the mansion. Their superior combat training should make them perfect test subjects. <laughs> this is this is really like Bowser and Dr. Robotnik saying like, well, I'm going to capture Princess Peach. Well, do as you like. I'm going to take over the world of Mobius and turn the, <laughs> turn the animals into robots. Uh, shout out to my dogs and G-Virus for life. G-Virus for G-virus. life. G-Virus. G-Virus. I understand the reference. I get it. That's like, <laughs> it's like when I stopped listening to popular music, it's the G-Unit. Uh, I, I never got into this like when it was new. and I, I don't think I'd really put in any sort of serious time until re- doing the research for this top five. So... It really is like it's it's a pretty great Resident Evil game. It feels a lot like the the remake of one, but with a, a unique hook. It looked really good when it came out. Its its graphics have kind of aged a bit since then, but uh, I didn't. I forgot which one we're talking about. Zero. Resident Evil Zero. Oh right, yeah, I never played it. 
Yeah. Right. The train one. Didn't, didn't, it, didn't it get a, some kind of remake or uprising? It had a remake. Yeah. 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 Well, it had yeah. a, a remake. Not a remake, a remaster. Like, there's yeah. an HD version that's yeah. on yeah. consoles and PC. That's what I played. Yeah, and it, not, it also updates the tank controls. Like, you don't... You can just move things around with the analog sticks. Right. Yeah, yeah mm. it's, it's not like the true the two and beyond remakes that they've done. But, uh, I thought right. that, yeah. it, it was a GameCube exclusive. Right, yes. That's and I didn't, I didn't know. It actually started life. It was going to be a 64DD exclusive. Oh, Jesus. And then that thing failed. And then so it, it was began be, as a mistake. Yeah, it what was a gonna, bad sign. It, it was like multiple iterations, multiple delays. It was going to be an N64 game after that cartridge, and that was taking too long. And then uh, they decided, like, yeah, you know, you know, the the GameCube that's looking pretty good. Let's just make it for that. We have uh, two two members of the Capcom Five in this top five. Kind of, yeah. Follow us kinda, to the Capcom exactly. Five. Yeah, PNO three is number two. Mm-hmm. I just gotta say, this is one of the most 2002 video game covers you'll ever see, though. In particular, mm-hmm. that man's tattoo. Oh yeah, it pretty much summer. Look in the dictionary for the year 2002. That that man's tattoo. <laughs> right there. It's like the most, the most non-tribal of tribal tattoos you'll ever see in your life. That mm-hmm. uh, somehow is also a tattoo sleeve because that's just how edgy he is. It's uh, yeah, boy, it's mm-hmm. very new new metal. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, but, well, let's let's move along to, and I'm realizing, like, almost all of these are uh, boy-girl combos. Number two. Think you both can handle it? What a question. All right. My mistake. Ladies and gentlemen, the unstoppable Fry twins. See them nightly at Covent Garden. George, honestly, I've studied the plans of the laboratory and have every route covered. And I've got all I need. Right here. I'll extend your regards to Ferris. Chat later, George. We have a train to catch. Jacob! Evie! May the green guide you, you vagrants! Uh, I got two vagrants. Look right by guys. Creed. Yeah, you got the, the fry, fry guys, guys in the mm-hmm. game. Um, boy, this is fuck. I wish Assassin's Creed uh, did this more. This is Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I call it five. I don't know if it's technically five, but it, it, no, it it's is. not. Is is Black Flag technically? It's no, it's technical. sort of Black six. Flag is four. Yeah, yeah. Is it six? Oh yeah, yeah because Unity and no one counts. Unity and Rogue came out at the same time, so either one could be five, and then Syndicate. Yeah, I love this game, and I and it, honestly, AC since this game came out. They've made you choose between a male or a female protagonist, but then once you choose, you're locked in in Odyssey. Like in this one, what I love is in Odyssey, yes. In in Valhalla, you can switch any time, but it is yeah. the same person. It's just a different yeah. gender. But I love it that in this game, it's like no, they're they're brother sister team, and you can play whoever the hell you want. I I don't even think this one locks off either of them in story missions does it it's just kind of it, uh, like you it can... does for certain yeah there are story missions where you have to play as one or the other ah, okay. uh, mm. but in the open world you can play as either anytime you want it's a lot like spider-man that way mm-hmm. uh, where uh and and you know they they have a different skill set that's that's kind of one of the other uh things one, one's that... the sneakier one right and one's the more violent yeah e- one. evie's a little more stealthy and strategic and i think she she has like a unique skill that lets her basically turn invisible when she's mm-hmm. crouching 
Whereas Jacob is like the the dumber one. He's the brawler. He's you know the, uh, the direct approach guy. My speed. I'll mm-hmm. take the dumb violent one, please. Well, that's the thing is, is I, I would usually mm-hmm. roll with Jacob because that's how I like to play AC games, and I love that they give you that option. Like yeah, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. If well, you here, want to be stealthy, you can. Here, here's what playing as Jacob sounds like most of the time. Come in. Just a lot of punching and shooting and uh, overconfident taunts and the screams of the dying. In an ideal world, we would have been able to proceed with this model of Assassin's Creed in parallel with the reboot of Origins, which put your attacks on the shoulder buttons, had the RPG stuff, because like the the problem, quote-unquote, with Syndicate that a lot of people had is it is the most system-y Assassin's Creed in terms of powers, abilities, enemy detection systems, like the enemy AI systems. Like, it is, it's sort of a mess, but it's like a beautiful mess for someone who has been playing Assassin's Creed since the beginning. It's like, yeah, this is what I want. This is, I just want it to continue to grow and evolve. And they hit the reset button after this one, but I'm like, I wish, kind of like, you know, they had like Black Flag and Rogue in one year. I'm like, I wish they would have continued like the Syndicate model over here. And let Origins and, like, Odyssey be their own thing, which is kind of a different thing. Because I really... This game has so much cool shit going on, like, as you're sneaking around. And there's there's so many things to play with in the map in London that it's like, oh, yeah, you see that thing of crates? You can make that fall on someone. You see this other environmental thing? You can fuck with them that way. Like, I don't know. Am I wrong, Michael? Like, I just feel like this game gave you options, man. Like, it was wild. In that I mean, way. I think they all give you options. This did give you, like, I think this was the one that maybe introduced, since you mentioned, like, a, a bunch of crates dangling from a crane over there. You can throw a knife directly under it, and that will draw an enemy over there to stand underneath it and wonder where that noise came from. And then yeah. you can throw another knife at the rope and, and smash him. Like, this had uh, carriages that you could commandeer and drive around in London. It had the rope launcher that you could use to either uh, ascend to rooftops or make zip lines across Sounds a lot. This all sounds a lot like Spider-Man. Yeah. Exactly how I play Spider-Man. Uh, and there's a lot that <laughs> Spider-Man, I think, is borrowing from this in terms of stuff it does in the open world map. Like this, uh, mm-hmm. this was very much a checklist, map checklist game, but in the most glorious way possible. And, and, should say the the map itself is beautiful like its portrayal mm-hmm. of london it was massive just this this massive thing you know so uh fuck there was but it was fun it was fun to be able to play as both of them and swap between oh them. this yeah this is the assassin's creed dr doom played with his eyes in uh the <laughs> failed fantastic <laughs> four <laughs> remake yeah he's drinking an orange crush and playing this with his pupils oh, oh wow gosh. Uh, yeah, this is the one in Victorian London during the Industrial Revolution where you have I mean, to... that's how I remembered it. Dr. Yeah. Doom was playing. <laughs> the one where your base is a train that you have to find as it's going around the city. And, yeah. Uh, well, the, the train is your headquarters. So that's you, what I mean, you, your base. You yeah, win it in a fight HQ. where the this guy says, ah, if you kill me, I'll give you my train. That's what I wager. And, I loved it. Mm-hmm, yeah. It was like Disneyland. I constantly had this train circling the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. And that's you where I just... go to change clothes or yeah. characters. I think that's where you change from Jacob to Evie. Right? Uh, yeah, but you can also just do it from the pause screen. Ah, okay. You just hit start and hit the right stick and like, now I'm Evie, now I'm Jacob. 
Love it. And it's it's pretty cool. It's also pretty cool to see like, you know, there's there's all these bare knuckle fights. And you can play as Evie, who's like half the size of all these, you know, huge dudes she's fighting, and just mop the floor with them all with That's her superior MMA skills. That's one thing I do remember about this game. This is the Sherlock Holmes game, the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes that we <laughs> Where never he got. He does bare knuckle fighting. This is honestly God. This <laughs> game stylistically is very much inspired by that Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes. Mm. Movie. Like. Go back and watch Robert Downey Jr. as Sherlock Holmes, and you will see a lot of AC Syndicate in that movie. I'm just saying. It may have may have taken some inspiration. Who knows? A little bit. But there's a lot. Also, there's a lot of bickering between them, as you know we've seen in some of these other ones. Ah, another exciting night home for Evie Fry. Just on my way out, actually. I found the piece of Eden. What's this one going to do? Hmm? Heal the sick. Deflect bullets, control the populace. They're dangerous objects, Jacob, especially in Templar hands. <laughs> you sound exactly like father. If only. Actually, a lot of their arguments tend to head in that direction. We need to reclaim London from Staric. Who are my targets? It's not time for that yet. I didn't come to London to hunt curios. First understand the dance, only then become the dancer. Oh, so you're taking over where father left off. Someone has to. Yeah, they've they've got dad issues. I guess. Is this a game where you meet Karl Marx or you can meet yes. Karl Marx? <laughs> yeah, you can meet Karl Marx and Charles Dickens. <laughs> it's so cool. And they become your friends. They sure do. Mm-hmm. This, Alexander uh... Graham Bell. <laughs> Ron DeSantis just delisted this game. Mm-hmm. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. This is banned in Florida libraries for sure. <laughs> yeah. You can't talk to Karl Marx. And you have to defend him while he's speaking in public. Uh-huh. Yep. Templars are going to come and try to murder him for his anti-capitalist agenda. I think who oh. else is in this? Um, what's his name? Um, Darwin, right? Isn't Darwin? Yes, in this Charles one? Darwin is in this. <laughs> all, all the American rights favorite people. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Moore. Uh-huh. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, fucking this game rules. And I, I feel like a lot of people missed it because of the backlash from Unity. Um, and, you know, Origin was a very good reboot. Uh, not to take anything away from Origins, but like Syndicate is like, it's kind of top of the form of that branch of the AC family. So please. Oh, and it has an amazing DLC. Where you hunt Jack the Ripper. It's pretty This is true, down. yes. The the Jack the Ripper DLC. Which is a little strange because like I feel like I spent half of Syndicate just murdering everybody. Like just yeah. killing everybody, you know, kill cops that got in my way, uh kill kill whoever, and in the Jack the Ripper DLC you're playing as Evie, it's like something like twenty years later, and you're working with Inspector Aberline, and because you're you're working quietly for the lead inspector on this case you can't kill anyone so it's everything you do is like non-lethal or like you know using uh chemicals and powders to to scare people like oh i have fear toxin from india here you go uh (laughs) stuff like that i can cloud the minds of men like the shadow they didn't want that ludo narrative dissonance of like you're hunting a killer who's killed five people and you're Mm -hmm. like i killed five people before (laughs) breakfast what are you doing like 
Yeah, there's Netflix documentaries about living people who've killed yeah. more than that. <laughs> Look, how about I just start killing my way through everyone in London, and eventually I'll get to yeah. this guy. <laughs> I'm sure he was one of them. Rest yes. assured. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the one uh, with the spooky cloth over his face. The sack. Yeah, if you want to pull killing five people off, you better have a, have a rich dad in the South. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he very much is uh, Jason from Friday the 13th Part 2 in this with that sack over his <laughs> Kind of, kind of. Uh, but anyway, yeah, I love, I love Assassin's Creed Syndicate. I love the Fry Twins, but I also really love these guys. So, Matt, I know you know what this one is. This is the game that launched a thousand ships or games similar to it in the Kiwami series. This is Yakuza 0. Um, This is what I always tell people, the best starting point for the Yakuza series. Don't go back and play 1 through. Go play Mm 0 first, play Kiwami 1, Kiwami 2, then pick up that Greatest Hits collection of 3 through 5 and before Uh, you get 6. It's it's really kind of brilliant because I think this was like the 6th Yakuza game, technically, and they made it extremely accessible and mm-hmm. it just, it's just a very approachable game. Okay, and so it's, there it's is a no, prequel. There's no Kiwami to Zero, because Zero sort of... Zero Ka- is in the model of Kiwami. All Kiwami means is, like, outrageous, roughly translated mm-hmm. in Japanese. It's, like, over oh. the top, right? Yeah, Kiwami. So I like- thought it was Honored Grandfather. <laughs> I have my Japanese mixed up. Kiwami is a remake of one. Yes. So this this yeah. is a prequel, Zero. And it was great because, like, one of the things that made Yakuza a little bit impenetrable because nobody wants to come into a series at number three or four or five Mm -hmm. um if you know it's constantly referencing events that happened before so it's like let's set this in the 80s before all that stuff happened we'll have a bunch of fun nostalgia this is you know japan when it was in its bubble economy when everyone Mm -hmm. was rich so when you punch dudes like money will fly out everywhere (laughs) like it's river city ransom that is yeah. the best part of this game is the way to earn money is just beat the shit out of as many people as possible. And, yeah. and it's like a lot of money. <laughs> yeah, you are literally too. beating the yen out of them. And then like there's like the dudes in the gold it. jackets who drop like millions of yen when you beat them mm-hmm. up. It's so good. It's yeah, so there's good. Mr. Shakedown who will try and steal all your money, but he yes. also carries a ton of it so you can get rich by kicking yeah. his ass. But the coolest part, I think, about mm. this game is its dual protagonist yes. story. The fact yeah. that it's not just Kiryu, it tells the story of who, Michael? Majima, the mad dog of, uh, what's his what's his Shimano. Name? Before, Shimano, before yeah, he's you. the mad dog. That's what's beautiful. Yeah. It's it's not just Goro Majima. It's like it, his origins. It, it reinvents him. Like, yeah. you see this character that's only hinted at in the rest of the series, that he's this very calm, collected guy who's like, he's being punished. By, you know, being sent to this rival family to work off the, the debt from this, you know, this shooting that he was not a part of. Uh, and that six-gun Saijima was, who later yeah. becomes another main character in the series. Right, says. yes. So he, he just, he wants to work off his debt and and just go home. Like, he's, he's just a sort of beaten down character who's been tortured a lot. Uh, and he, he's like, but he, he's also like at heart a really good person like he wants to do the right thing and he's also very smooth and debonair in his day job like he runs a club like and if you've been playing the series all you've ever seen is like oh that is that is a loose cannon like that Mm -hmm. is the fucking um 
the the bad guy in Demolition Man. Like that's who he yeah. acts like. Yeah, basically. he's Simon <laughs> Phoenix. Yeah. yeah. And he's he's crazy. He's like literally yeah. like a crazy madman. He, and he, this, he's like this, the Joker. That it's not a coincidence that they got Mark Hamill to dub him over in the right. first U.S. release of Yakuza. But in this game, when you meet him, like Michael said, he is like behind the scenes. He's worn down, and he's like, oh, I'm so sick of being in this. Uh, I forget what the is it Sotembori. It's it's the fake mm-hmm. neighborhood that's based on somewhere else. But he, his day job or his night job, as it were, is he runs a, a club, like a hostess club, and so he is like. Mr. Common Collected, like, drunks are yelling yeah. at him and stuff, and he's like, oh, I'm sorry, sir, let us help you here, and it's like, who is this guy? This is not, how does he, how yeah. did this dude become Majin? I think in, in in one of his introductory scenes, like, a drunk just literally pours a bottle of champagne over his head, mm. angrily, and he's like, thank you, sir, I always wanted to bathe in this brand. <laughs> <laughs> and then over the course of the game, it has a really touching story where you're kind of like, uh, exploring what's going on with this girl that he has to help out. Yeah, uh, well, I think uh, he's he's sent to kill her. Like, yeah, yeah, to, yeah, and yeah. told like you can work off your debt all at once if you just kill this blind girl. And like he he it turns out like well no she's a good person actually I need to protect her. Yeah, and uh, yeah, and and it, like especially Yakuza Zero, other Yakuza games, but especially Yakuza Zero, it feels like. You're a career criminal who spends the entire game doing their best not to do anything illegal. Mm-hmm. Like, you get into fights, you maybe uh, threaten the odd guy who's worse than you, but, uh, yeah, you're, you're you're a do-gooder. You're not really a criminal in Yakuza yeah. 0. But, yes, so you have the dual stories, you have the dual protagonists who are, you know, chasing down these parallel stories. They never meet. So you might be wondering, like, well, isn't one of the criteria that you have to be able to hot swap between them. And I, I did say yes at some point. So in the, in the final chapters of the, of the story, you can swap between them by going to, uh, I think, the phone in your office. But after you finish the game, there is a premium adventure mode that yeah, opens new, up. New Game Plus, basically. But, well, there's a New Game Plus, and then there's Premium Adventure, which is take all of your progress... In yeah. the side stories and everything, and just it's just a sandbox mode where mm-hmm. you don't have any main story to pursue. You can freely pursue side side missions, and you can just do mini yeah. games and make money, whatever. Yeah. And in that, uh, you w- once you get into that, then you can switch between them at any time. Yeah. And just like now, I feel like playing as Majima now and going around in Sotembori. Now I feel like playing as Kiryu. And the the charm of these two protagonists is, like, this, if you want to know why this is at number one, it's because, like, this is one of the best stories that this series has mm. ever told. Oh, yeah. These are two of the best characters it has ever portrayed. And, like, it's it's just a really, really compelling narrative. Again, if you've never played a Yakuza game, I can't stress enough, this is where you need to start. Oh, and it's always, by the way, on sale. You can find this mm-hmm. on Steam for, like, $5 sometimes, you know, or in a bundle yeah. with the other games. Oh, and we should also mention, this is actually the only Yakuza game where Kiryu's in the Yakuza. <laughs> like, he's like... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Every other game, he is an ex-Yakuza. Ex-Yakuza clan boss. Well, doesn't he time. become, like, the... the Tojo clan chairman at one point? He's the chairman for like a day and then immediately resigns and they still all refer to him as ex-chairman. It's hilarious. (laughs) Um, He's just that respected. But in this game, he's like He's like 19 or something. He's just basically like an older teenager and he's Mm -hmm. rolling around with like his best buddy who if you played through the events of one or 
Kiwami one, you you see what happens there, and like um, yeah, no, it's it's so funny though to play as young Kiryu, and he has different fighting styles, and then I mean that's the other part is it's not like the two heroes play identically. Like Majima has his very unique fighting styles, much much mm-hmm. different than Kiryu's, oh, yeah. and it's a uh, one of them. He has a bat. Of course he does. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's it's really fun to see the origins of that character before he becomes batshit crazy yeah. amazing. And they don't actually meet until the very end. Get it, yeah! <laughs> and he has, has that moment where he sees, like, he, he has his normal, you know, Majima face that he's had through the rest of the game. And then he just kind of gets this big grin and goes, Kiryu chan! And then, like, you know, focus in on Kiryu's mouth and you can see a very slight smile forming. Like, oh, yeah, they're good friends. It's it's also, I don't know a ton about Japanese, but my my understanding is. Chan and Kuhn are like affectionate name titles you give kids for the most yeah. part. And, Chan, and Chan is especially like you would call a little kid Chan or but little kids mostly call each little other girls Chan. is Chan and then Kuhn is mostly little boys. And so it's kind of hilarious that he always calls him Kiryu Chan instead of Kiryu Kuhn. But that's... Uh, Kuhn is like familiar, but I think it's it's more appropriate for older people. But Chan is something you'd only call a kid. Yeah, I'm uncomfortable. It should be. <laughs> uh, and also, like in case you're wondering, I, I I I see a GIF or a video a lot whenever it's Friday on Twitter of like, yeah, the Kiryu dancing. and uh, Majima dancing together. Sate. The song is called Friday Night, that's why. But the only yes. time that this actually happens is there's a two-player minigame, like competitive mode that you can pick from the main menu. And one of the the minigames is disco dancing. And so, yeah, then you can get that, that number or, or uh, you know, they can go bowling together or play darts together. And it's like just about the only time those versions of them are on screen together at the same time. It's also, you heard it there, the game is very 80s. Uh, oh, it's I, extremely I love 80s. that about the game is it's, it screams 80s. So. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does most of Japan. <laughs> <laughs> what was their glory days, man? From the fonts to the architecture mm-hmm. to the arcades. That's one of the 80s. things I love about it, honestly. Me too? Yeah. It, it too. drips nostalgia. I love it. Yeah. Uh-huh. Fantastic, um, <laughs> and and it is fun if you if you've played the Yakuza games and but you haven't played this one. Which do you exist? But anyway, if you <laughs> have, it is fun to see like the prequel version of Kamurocho. It's like, oh wow, okay, that thing becomes this thing that you can never go in again. But it's a big, huge, giant nightclub in this game for some reason. You know? mm-hmm. so, uh, yeah. yeah, if you've ever wondered why does that building have a giant dragon wrapped around it, but I can't go in there. Like that's that building's featured prominently in this game. So. Mm. Mm. All right. Yeah, and the uh, I think Millennium Tower is just like it's not there. No, it's like a little uh, cluster of buildings that well, hasn't been built yet. The plot of this game, if I remember correctly, revolves around that fact, right? Yeah, around a vacant lot that is like the last piece of property that has not been bought up by the Yakuza-led concern that is trying to build this massive Millennium Tower. So I, I learned a funny story about uh, Kabuki Cho. Mm-hmm. Um, that apparently, I if 
I think I'm getting this right. My Japanese friend told me he's like, they actually built a Millennium Tower in the middle of Kabukicho, but I think it was like after the events of the game, and so the big really? joke around Tokyo was like, oh, what is the top floor gonna blow up and money's gonna rain down upon us, which is like the events of <laughs> one of the games. Like, Fuck yeah! <laughs> so like the people all knew like what Millennium Tower was, which is awesome. So. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. I might, I might be getting that story wrong, but they, they do have a Millennium Tower in the middle of that neighborhood now. Wow. That's pretty fun. All right. That's awesome. Uh, and well, that's the end of our top five list. Um, hope you had as much fun as I did putting it together. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to take a little break because we've got a ton of new releases as we soldier on through this holiday release season. Bunch of new games to talk about. We got Robocop. We got Call of Duty's campaign. Which I got a movie early. review in here oh my god uh and a bunch of news and other stuff so stay tuned Would you like exclusive bonus podcast commentaries and more from the Laser Time crew? Then we strongly encourage you to support this show on patreon.com slash laser time. It supports not only this show, but all the rest of the Laser Time network. You'll get commentaries, play games with the hosts, see exclusive videos first, and receive an uncut weekly ad-free podcast bonus time. Speaking of which, here's a quick taste. The 1980s were the golden age of mean hard R comedies. I think I was remembering my sanitized commercial television viewings because, like, Beverly D'Angelo's naked for, like, no I, reason, and I totally forgot I about that. I had forgotten all about that because yeah. th- that shocked me, too. I was like, wait a minute. she We see her boobies a couple of times. I don't remember that. This might be a fact. This is the fourth National Lampoon movie? I yes. was shocked to find that out because there's two I have never seen or heard of Dude, it between Animal yeah, House. Two that are kind of lost. One of them's called uh, National Lampoon Goes to the Movies. And Class then, Reunion. Hmm, Class Reunion. Yeah, that's right. I think this is the last movie that where it's clearly defined. Like, Harold Ramis is involved in this in some way. Like, we have some DNA of people who yeah. worked at National Lampoon Magazine. Mm-hmm. And now it's just kind of like anything goes. Now well, it's kind that, of like stoner frat comedies, but not always. They, it's really they, the company doesn't exist, and they sold the I name. Think- to put on shitty movies that are like already being made, I believe, and they just okay. they'll affix the National Lampoons. I guess the R is for the, the magazine's reputation itself. It was pretty hmm. fucking edgy for for its time. Get bonus time, a weekly uncensored and commercial free podcast every Tuesday, starting for just five dollars on patreon.com slash laser time. And welcome back to our second segment, Ooh. where we're not going to delay or waste any time palavering or palooking as we go into that segment known as... Was any of that English? I'm not actually sure. I, I don't know. I don't uh, know. Matt, you said here, um, movies or video games right, and you wanted to do a review of one. You got to Give this shit its proper respect and give it its proper intro music. VGA Hollywood oh. segment. 
Hey guys, I saw that Five Nights at Freddy's hey. movie that everyone apparently everyone saw. In theaters or Peacock? I saw it on the cock. Um, it was Can't take uh, his eyes 70, off it. 70, <laughs> God, Sorry. I love a good cock. <laughs> God, I mean, we're going to talk a little bit about that with one of our other new releases. But um, yeah. 78 million domestic, not bad. Uh, really good, actually, for a horror movie. Uh, 52 mil internationally, so 130 mil, and that's at the same time as Chris mentioned as being uh, "quote unquote" free on Peacock. That's pretty theaters, shocking, so. just because. This is 30 2010 related, but also three years ago related. We talked about Matrix Revolution, which was the end of the Matrix series until Resurrections. And that movie bombed like a motherfucker, even though everyone I know saw it and we recorded multiple podcasts about it because it, it, it did the simultaneous streaming thing. So a movie making that much fucking money in theaters. This one makes more sense to me in that like you oh, got yeah. a bunch of teenagers who are the prime audience for this thing mm. and they want something to do before Halloween and it's like, okay, let's go see a scary movie. But I, went, I went on a Halloween and my friend's teenager, he's like, too old to trick or treat, don't know of any parties. So like Five Nights at Freddy's is perfect for you. He grew up with it. Perfect demo. Yeah. But if you went out to see a scary movie, you'd be sadly disappointed because that's one thing. So I, I mm. did this. I don't know why. Uh, everyone was saying, um, out of like, there are three of these movies now, right? There's like a Banana Splits movie, the there's this movie, and then there's uh, Willy's Wonderland. Ah, yeah. I saw Willy's Wonderland the night before, and then saw this the next night, just as a comparison. It, Willy's Wonderland is the better, it's more fun mm-hmm. than this. But um, this is, it's not a bad movie by any stretch, it's just not really a horror movie. This is the perfect, I saw a lot of people in the latest time community, and I have to agree with them, it's like the perfect first horror movie for your kids. It's mm. like, you, you might want to start them on this, bridge them over to Stranger Things, see how they do with some of that imagery, and then that's do what, a that's real what I heard. horror like thing. It, it, it can't not be for kids, because the, the thing is, the property is what, nine years old? It's maybe older, uh, but it's... No, I think it's nine. It, I think what I like about this movie is... I really only kind of kept up with the lore of that series through, like, the third yeah, game, yeah. which is, that's where you have, like, Purple Guy and, and the Claptrap suit and all that stuff. Not Claptrap, that's a different spring game. Springtrap. Uh, Springtrap. Um, but that, that won't spoil too much, but, like, th- that moment in lore is covered quite well in the, in this movie, and there is some stuff that they have changed. How do the, you animatron- know, how do the animatronics look? Uh, so, I thought they looked fine. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people were commenting, like, it's so weird because these were practical effect animatronics. Um, I want to yeah. say, was it Henson Studios Might got involved? Have, yeah, or like, it, was, it was Jim Henson Studios. Really? But a lot of people were saying, like, hey, they kind of make them look like CG sometimes. And I guess that's just, like, the, the finish on the robots and stuff. But um, I think they look great. They, they look like they look like robots. This is the dumb you know? thing. I, I was looking at some older CG those all look like Jim Henson puppets, like non-Muppet puppets, because that's mm-hmm. what C- that's what CG cartoon characters look like. So I'd say as as a movie, as a video game adaptation, it's it's really it's a success. It it, mm. it succeeds at what it's trying to do, which is like if you're, I think if you are into those games, or in particular into the lore mm-hmm. of the Five Nights games, and, and all you know, having to read the behind the scenes and what people thought the lore was. This movie is perfect. Oh, so it, if, it canonizes certain things that were speculative. Absolutely. Oh. I mean, a lot of that stuff. I think Cawthon at one point had like said, "Oh yeah, that's that's exactly what it is." You guys figured it out, but like, that's all now official in movie form. What it's not, though, if you're looking for a horror movie, look elsewhere. This is like that's weird to hear about a series that was built on jump scares and dread. 
like the mm-hmm. that first game especially did horror very effectively where you're constantly you know jumping at shadows and then ah! minimalist not so much yeah. of that in this mm-hmm. one at all but um you know it's it's still it's not a terrible movie and there are certainly worse ways to spend your time and if you again if you're a fan of the five nights at freddy series um, I think you'll like this quite a bit. You know, so that I, is my Five Nights at Freddy's movie. I'm still shocked it took them this long because, like, five years ago in a Target, there was more Five Nights at Freddy's pajamas than there was Mario. It it was in development hell for a little mm. while there. So the fact that it's out the door, and this is Bloomhouse, we should say. So this isn't like some fly by night, like you know, nothing. Uh, yeah. Production house. I, I wouldn't call Bloomhouse a studio. I guess production house. They're, the, but, they're um, the ones who ruined the Halloween series. I'm just kidding. I oh, even, I even rewatched Ends and like I didn't dislike that as much this time. Yeah. Well, so I mean, weird. Like, I, I was thinking about that since you were saying it's not really scary. That there seems to be a kind of big push toward horror that isn't really scary. At like mm. you know, I was thinking like, well, you've got this. You've got yeah, the Halloween movies. Like, yeah, they're gruesome. I don't think I would call them horror because they're not particularly suspenseful. Like, Halloween Kills is just like, it's a monster truck pull where Michael Myers kills people and you root for him. Yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And then it turns out magic is real and the series Mm -hmm. looks like it's going to a great place and does something else. Michael, I'm giving you, prescribing you two doses of Terrifier. I'll pass, thanks. (laughs) (laughs) Watch the Tubi version. I watched the Tubi version and didn't know what the fuss was about. But Mm. this is like... People are like Chuck Palahniuking and passing out in screenings, and <laughs> ambulances what? are being called. Yeah. Yeah, certainly not going to happen during during yeah. Five Nights. No. But uh, I'm more anxious. I really want to know about Alan Wake, the Deuce. Oh man, this this game's pretty good. Um, My quest for thermoses like, is over. Yeah, no, it's this. This is actually it's a lot of fun. It's very imaginative. It's it's really cool. It's getting a lot of really high scores. Very like, high yeah. scores. Yeah, I think I think I'm I'm about like maybe six or seven hours in, and I I kind of have the same feeling where I that I had with Control, where like everyone else seems to really love this. I'm enjoying it, but I don't feel like that ten out of ten feeling yet that everyone else seems to be, you know, yeah. feeling and gushing about. Well, are, the, the wait, like, did I say that on the show, like? I looked forward to Alan Wake, played Alan Wake day one, like in, all, in like two sittings, really, really liked it. And then like 10 years later, like, this is Alan Wake 2. I'm going to rip my fucking head off. Oh, my God. Like, where did this fan base come from? This was like a struggling I, I game. A lot, of them came, a lot of them came from control. Mm-hmm. And that's my what I wonder the most is how much control DNA is in here versus the original. What I, what I also want to speculate on is that for kids who are discovering games, you know, as do you remember what the Resident Evil games they were dealing with like eight years ago? Resident Evil Six, yeah, and six Revelations, and, five, and then yeah. you have something like Alan Wake. Like, I I prefer this. This is this should have the Resident Evil reputation. Yeah, well, this this does a bunch of really cool surreal stuff. But like, so you mentioned Control. If it has Control DNA, the short answer is yes. Uh, and I think you know I I relate it to like you remember No More Heroes. Mm-hmm. Uh, no More Heroes 2 and 3 were like a bunch of years apart. In the middle was this spin-off game called Travis Strikes Again that I kind of wrote off at the time. And it turns out that like, no, 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 no. 3 is actually as much a sequel to Travis Strikes Again as it is in any and any of the other games. Like it references a lot of things that happen in that game. Mm. If you aren't familiar with that game, you'll be kind of lost. 
That's what I was my next question for you. Like, how much of control do I have to have played to get the most out of um, it? I don't know that you necessarily need to play control. It helps mm-hmm. to have played some, so you get references to like the uh, uh, the Federal Bureau of Control. I did walk around the Federal Bureau for an hour before I'm like, I gotta play something. Hmm. Give me, give me something <laughs> to play. I mean, control becomes very play gamey. It very oh yeah, quickly, like, the, like mm-hmm. I love the but footage. But Alan Wake was always to me was like pretty slow paced yeah. until there were some flashlight sequences of like ah, oh, mm-hmm. gotta shine the light on the monster or he'll get me. But I'm running at the same time because I'm really not. It just kind of slows them down more than anything. So yeah, well you, the 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 flashlight is like dispelling the barriers around them. Like you hit them with the flashlight. And that exposes their weak spot or whatever. It makes them more susceptible to your bullets. Um, but so, so Alan Wake, yeah, it's it's a horror game. And in this one, you don't start off playing as Alan Wake. You actually start off what? playing as a naked man who wakes up in lake and runs around through the woods. And uh, spoilers, runs afoul of some cultists. Uh, and then the like, then then you take over as like one of the two playable characters. So you have Alan Wake. Who uh, he his his stuff takes place in like the what he calls the dark place, which is like this world that his writing like his his writing the things he writes becomes become real, and mm-hmm. uh, then you have Saga Anderson who's this FBI agent who works in the real world quote unquote, and so sh- they're they're in two different levels of reality they're nominally working together. And again, you can switch between them when you find janitor's closets, and you can you can decide like, all right, I want to follow this plot line for a while, or I want to follow that plot line for a while. Um, one thing I noticed about uh, Saga's bit is that like, so the first area that you really get into and have gameplay is like you're exploring Cauldron Lake, which of course is crawling with the Taken, the uh, you know the zombified residents mm-hmm. who get taken by the dark dark force whatever it's called and uh there's a lot of side stuff to discover and little puzzles to unlock and once you get to a certain point like the the lake is flooded when you first get there cauldron lake and once you get to a certain point it recedes a bit and it reminded me a lot of the first god of war where it's like okay the the flood waters have receded and now there's like a whole new areas to explore and a mm-hmm. bunch of new side stuff to do that wasn't there before um, that that was I changed cool. my name to Alan Wake Lake. Yeah. Damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I swear, I swear, because like this game surprised me with its review scores. It now means I have to play it, and my intimidation is coming from hazy memories of Alan Wake One. Where and I think I didn't play one of the DLCs. I haven't played mm-hmm. Control. Ugh. It's fine. By the way, it couldn't be Alan Lake because you yeah. already got Sam Lake, yep. and he appears True. in the game as like a character, doesn't yeah. he? Well, it, it's weird because he appears as the character who's uh, his the actor Sam Lake, who's uh, given his face to the famous Alex Casey, who's a detective character invented by Alan Wake, but who is functionally Max Payne. He has Sam Lake's <laughs> oh, face nice. and the, the voice of Max like Max Payne's voice actor. Yeah, and it's like, yeah, this is like you wanted to put Max Payne in here, but Rockstar owns that, so you can't do it without. Aren't they working on a Max Payne? Came out and said they're doing remakes. They're doing doing remakes. I would imagine that they probably are doing some some sort of deal with Rockstar because I I think Rockstar owns that because they did three without Remedy's involvement. 
Yeah, I don't think anyone owns Remedy, do they? Like, they're still. Yeah, I think yeah. I think Remedy would have made another Max Payne by now. Okay. It's a pure Rockstar yeah. property. I, w- I was saying off mic, like Remedy might be at the top of their game in terms of like they nuts. really seem to be masters of their craft at this point. Like for what they do, which are these. I wanted to ask you, Michael, how how David Lynchian is it this time around? Like, because their fiction has always had the little <laughs> bit of that weird element. Oh, I'd say to it's it. much weirder. Actually, because I, again, I, I just so, watched episode eight of season season three of Twin Peaks. Yeah. No one can outweird that. So the two different layers of reality, the one that Saga Anderson lives in is this like this is more like what the first game was where you're exploring this town, you know, Bright Falls and Cauldron Lake and dealing with you know, cell batteries taken in the forest. And then Alan Wake is again in this world that his writing is constructing. And it looks a lot like New York City. Like, oh. he's, he's basically constructing a New York City from memory, and there's all these little gameplay touches that his stuff introduces, like, for example, uh, you, like, the, the big MacGuffin in the game is the clicker, and it's like, this is the, the object that can turn off the dark force, and it was like a, a, a little clicker for a lamp that he had when he was a child, and he's like, oh, no. but I, I found the lamp that it used to go to, and I can use this to, like... You know, you there are bright light spots that you can hide in, basically. Enemies can't see you when you're standing directly under bright light. So if you see a big spotlight, it's like, I can hang out here for a little bit, catch my breath. There's usually, like, a save, like a thermos that I can save at. And uh, then, like, you can use the lamp to extract the light from that from that lamp or you know lamps like it and and put it into other lamps and as you do that it will change the layout of the level around you so like you know you might take taking away this light uh might cause this like pile of debris to disappear or this wall to disappear now there's a path open that wasn't there before etc etc yeah it sounds like it's borrowing a lot of the concepts that frankly at times control felt like it was experimenting with like control was like this weird thing of like we have a very solid combat foundation, and th- th- there are some experiments going on here with like things you can do with mm-hmm. maps and the levels and stuff. And so, yeah, that's- and the combat is very solid. Again, like you have the flashlight, and the idea is that uh, it it hurts enemies, it dispels the dark force around them. So you focus it like into a beam, and you know sparks will start to fly out of enemies, and then. Uh, There'll be like a pop where they're weakened, their weak point is exposed, and then you can just start gunning them down. Mm. It's a lot can of fun. I make a proposal? We can never call it a flashlight anymore for two reasons. Mm-hmm. Number one, the flashlight exists, uh-huh. and yes. it, it just sounds too close to each other when you say it. Number two, it's not actually a light that flashes, or at least it's not its primary. I, I have one of those emergency ones that will flash, but like... I'm kind of with you, can this one? Let's go torch. Can we call they it call torch? It can we oh, just all agree? It's too confusing. That's a totally different mental image. It's true. How about this? We'll take it away from something that never deserved it. A beamer. Hmm. Beamer, sure. I like yeah. it. I like right? it, yeah. Like it it yeah. makes way yeah. more sense than what we've been calling yes. beamers. I uh, know. Yeah. I move we call true. them electromechanical torches. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> and I'm going E-tor- back to calling video games vigies. For fuck's sake, vigies. <laughs> you can only say that if you have a waxed handlebar mustache you can twirl. <laughs> Meh. Yes, I shall apply my electromechanical torch. Yes, it's true. I, I, this, but it's you know, true. you know, I'm so I'm so old mm-hmm. and so behind yeah, in stuff correct. I want to play. I'm like, please, Alan Wake, suck. <laughs> I don't care that much about the original or oh. Control. Please make it Sorry. suck. I'm like, shit, shit. 
it's <laughs> it's super imaginative. Uh, oh, I don't, what oh, is boy. wrong with me? What a terrible thing to wish on a game series I like. Yeah. Well, well, sort of on a related note, the next game on our list I know is right up my alley and is very good based on what I've played, but there is too much in my game queue. And, it, and I told mm. you guys, literally, I'm like, it is the wrong time of year for mm-hmm. this game. Oh, yeah, like, I, played Jusant, this too. I played this too, J- yeah. Jusant, it has a vibe, and it's normally, I'd be so down with it, but I'm like, I so cannot be playing this, like, indie game from, this is by Don't Nod, mm-hmm. um, and, and it's them doing something completely new, so I do have to give them credit. Yep. They're not just making another no interactive visual movie novels. thing. Yeah, no more visual novels. This is a, <laughs> imagine the climbing puzzles, quote-unquote, uh, from Tomb Raider or Uncharted yep. games, but you just made a game, and that's it. Um, and the puzzles obviously get way more complex as you climb, but also combine it with a little game I love from Ubisoft called Grow Home oh. that very few people played, and I loved Grow Home, and it has that mechanic of the grippy, you use the triggers to, yeah. to do the different hands. I was going to when you have like three pits instead of like infinite pits. Yes, so you, you do. It, it, it has like the climbing rope and the three pits to yeah. be like, yeah, you could you, fall you call as them long pits? as you put a pain. They didn't uh, Uncharted. Yeah, I, I always called them like Pythons or Pythons or. You would you would be at odds with Naughty Dog. So but, enjoy yourself, Michael, because so I'm not I, doing that in 2023. I, I will. We haven't said like this is this is it's basically a rock climbing simulator. Or a oh yeah, climbing. like uh, I sent it to a, a friend who I was dating a while back because I went her thing was rock climbing. Like sure, I'll do that, not realizing how bad my body has atrophied. The skinny fatness has made what I'm capable of completely unclear. I broke my finger the second time I did it. Oh, shit. And oh, was too much of a coward to say it, but also manly enough to, like, oh, I can't tell her I broke my finger. She won't invite me here again. And I <laughs> sat there with a broken finger for, like, months, and it hurt like shit. And, so, and like, that's what you wanted, to be invited back rock climbing. I, no, I didn't, you. but I wanted to... There's only so much time to be around her, Michael. She's magical. Uh, with a butt with a butt that won the yellow ribbon at the state fair this year. Uh, it, oh, wow. It, yeah, it's that good. It's the- <laughs> they don't just give that ribbon away to anybody. <laughs> no, exactly. That's a prize pick. Uh, that's, that's, um, and you looked at her afterwards and you said, That'll do. That'll do. <laughs> so anyway, I wanted but, to but, say. But I was saying, but like it, it, like when I got up there and I went a couple times and like negotiating your weight and momentum it's really neat to see that. Like, there's a lot of yeah. There's a lot of segments where you have to do that thing where you you run on the cliff and 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 jump to grab a, a hold. Well, and also, stuff like we've that. seen like, so many games where you you cliff climb and like with no safety equipment. This actually has safety equipment that like yeah. you have a rope that is always tethered to something automatically when you're climbing. Uh, yeah, and not yeah, you can you can put in pits or pythons, not always. It has pythons. to have that apparatus there, otherwise you have to manually attach it. Yeah, that's yeah. true. You, and but you can manually attach it to. to but it, it's most. not it's just cool. the climbing puzzle game. I mean that that is the gameplay, but it it does tell a story. Oh yeah, it's, it's just it's your dear dis- Esther with fucking yeah. It's, it's dear Esther. What yeah. happened to <laughs> this civilization of people that lived in the cliffs on this gigantic natural yeah. tower? Why am I? Why are there boats all over this gigantic tower? And why am I finding these notes from these people? And it slowly tells that story, and that's your reward for getting up the cliff. Basically, is like you you have to search them out, and you'll find like remnants of the civilization. It's really neat. I've um, not had again, though, an experience not- where like, oh man, I hate this. To where like five minutes in, like, wow, this really won me over very fast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I could keep playing this for a long time, but like Matt said, like. 
shit. Not, not with everything else out right yeah. now. Yeah. Basically, like, read the room, don't nod. Jesus, like, <laughs> this is not the time, man. Mm-hmm. This yeah. would be the perfect January or February game. Uh, so you guys played or more something. of Thirsty Suitors than I did. I, 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 game I, game. I think I played the tutorial. I'm baffled and weirded out and, like, uh, what the fuck? It is... Okay, it's on the surface a visual novel. Mm-hmm. With Tony Hawk elements. <laughs> with with skateboarding and turn-based combat mechanics based on the thirstiness of your enemy. It's really clever. Um, <laughs> it's really funny. It's very stylish. This is very much a style-over-substance type deal, but, like... Yeah. So the basic story, it, I was telling you guys, it's sort of a... It's a spin on Scott Pilgrim of, like, you are this main character whose exes all band together to get you and you have to navigate you have to fight against your exes and i've only played a little bit of it but basically what i'm guessing here is is you know you're basically that's why it's like this thirsty suitors they're all thirsty for you in some way shape or form and you have to fend them off and fight them off as it's telling the story and explaining like well why did you come back to your hometown this was you have like this inner voice who is like <laughs> looks like your sister but isn't your sister. It was one of the most baffling experiences of gaming in twenty because I didn't read anything about it and like sweet, I just landed this wall ride in this candy coated universe. What kind of partner are you interested in? That was my next interactive <laughs> interactive movie. Yeah, it it starts with like one of those like magazine quit personality quizzes, right? It's yeah. like, you know, if I do you prefer to stand out or what's what's your biggest goal? Is it success? Is it you know, that sort of thing. And then it it I think what that does is it assigns you almost like a zodiac sign that somehow plays into your character yeah, creation, like or at least gets you started off in the a path. Star or the I forget what the third thing. That's is. right. I was a star. I got a star too. We should you, date. God. And then as you level up, though, you can kind of choose one of those three, and so it's like, well, do I continue to invest in the star stats, or do I go more heartbreaker, or whatever? Yeah. And um, it's really cool. Again. It's sort of the wrong time of year for this game for me, but I've never played anything like There's this. There's nothing like Thirsty Suitors. And it, I don't know if we said it already. It is on Game Pass, mm-hmm. so um, it's worth checking out. It's it seems to be pretty fucking badass from what I've played. So, yeah. also on Game Pass, Headbangers Rhythm Royale. Uh, well, this game grew on me, I think, yeah. more than it grew on you guys. Well, well, I, that, that's the thing. It, I've never played. I thought I was going for something like. Mario Party Fall Guys meets Rhythm Games. Kind of what it is. It is Fall dude, Guys meets Rhythm Games. It is fucking... Dude, those games are, like, hard. 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 There was it nothing really be. hard about Fall Guys. It's just you have 50,000 ragdolls, like, knocking mm. you off. Where, like, the X button is the guy with a wide mouth. The A button is the guy with a small mouth. Now, remember to map all these and do them rhythm, and you have 30 seconds. What the fuck, man? And I felt like if I got to try this again, I'd be better. But I was shocked by how much I failed. Did you failed play the one that was a? Uh, it was a shootout mode. Yes. Where it, it like basically at our age, we suck at this because it's reaction uh, time. Where it's like wait till you hear this sound. Wait till that, you, you know, hear. It's like like imagine Mario Party, and there it's not a great tutorial. Wait till you hear the sound of this picture. Wait, what? 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 Yeah. What? Yeah. 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 What? What are you talking about? And like, but they, they did that on purpose. They showed you a picture of a lion, so and they're going to play music and sound effects when you hear a lion draw and try and draw faster than your opponent. And uh, that was the few ones I did. Okay, I did pretty well in actually. Yeah. Yeah. I, I ended up my first game. I ended up second place overall, and I'm like, okay, maybe I should stop here. But then I played it a bit more. This is the game I was referring to earlier in the show. Um, everything looks like a dick. 
Because you're a pi- yeah. we forgot to say you're a pigeon. Yeah, you're Every, a pigeon. You are a pigeon with a very long neck that is controlled by the analog stick, and you can just and sort you of can just oh, that's swing that's what it I'm in circles. Talking about you're playing style. a rhythm game, then it's just like go nuts with your other hand. I'm like, no other game, at, rhythm game asks you to do that. It's very hard to combine. Oh, there, there's a thing for bonus mode. If you circle yeah. the stick fast enough, you'll like enter bonus mode. It's no, um, no. It's when you enter bonus mode. Yeah, but, yeah, but, yeah. but you and have to. That's another thing you have to be looking for. And there's all this unexpected shit, and I didn't get it. Good handle on it in a little less than an if hour. You hit down, if you hit down when you see a power up, it'll it'll fuck with the other players or the trigger. But like, but it just like, like I didn't get a good sense of it in an hour, and I thought it was one of those things I'd get a good sense of in seconds because that's what it's prom- it's kind of promising. Mm-hmm. Here, here's the thing: if you're going to try this game, try it now because it is a battle royale, and so there's matchmaking. It's, now, it's only thirty. It's going to get harder to start a match. Right now, it takes about a minute and a half to get into it's a match, and a it's too got long. a thirty-player cap. Well, it's also going to get harder because the people who are still playing it in a couple weeks are going to be fucking hardcore. Yeah. yeah, like the the only reason I was so I I am old, and it takes me a while to get used to those game modes. But I have never seen anything like those game modes. They, I'm te- there were several things that like remember your button maps to this, and we're going to show you this thing, and remember that maps to your button. Like what? Now do it in rhythm and like, how do I know if I do it wrong? Good God! Oh God, it's already over and I'm dead. And but the, 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 I think the biggest problem with this game, honestly, it, I mean, it is on Game Pass, so you know anyone can try it. Is like it's going head to head with WarioWare because it most reminded me of like a WarioWare game of like this is a weird mini game that is happens to be a rhythm. Oh, game, speaking you know? of which, best note uh, on this though that I have is all the people are pigeons. So they all, but they all look like dicks. They look like Lance Armstrong's dick. If then you had, can dress up. If you had one symmetrical metal ball, dick right now. I have never seen my cat go apeshit for a game like this, where like she's on her hind legs, like what the fuck is going on? <laughs> it also makes a very funny noise when you're swinging the dick head around. Yeah. It's just like whoa, 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 whoa. and then when you let your when you let the stick go, it just goes like boing. My cat. <laughs> like <it's, laughs> play this in front of your cat; they'll love it. Yeah, the dick becomes a boner. It's great. Sure. Um, yeah, Headbangers, Headbangers Rhythm Royale. Um, it's on Game Pass. Check it out. It's pretty funny and fun. Uh, WarioWare Move It is not on Game Pass. No, it's on Switch. Uh, I'm I'm sure it's funny and fun as well. Have not tried it yet. Oh. Yeah, every WarioWare that deviates from the first WarioWare, I've never had a good time with it. Uh, well, yeah, this one is also incorporating the movement controls more so than just like a little. Uh, so the joy, what I'm hearing is the motion sensing on the Joy-Con maybe not is not as precise as it needs no. to be for some of these. In a Nintendo game, in the last three years, I'm shocked. Uh, also, every time they do that, they can they design fewer mini micro games. Mm. So that's why the main reason I'm WarioWare should have like 60, 70 games in it, not mm. 12. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Robocop Rogue City, I yeah. am still weirdly in love with, and is finally out. <laughs> uh, is this your version of like a Jaws game at this point, like Man Eater type style? This of is like, the hey, game this- the most of my friends texted me, like, what's up with this Robocop game, man? And like, uh, Michael likes it? Mm hmm. We are aware of its limitations, but like it is a. I love PC Gamer subhead. It just said, I'd buy that for $20. Six. (laughs) (laughs) But you would buy it. It is a budget game. Be short. Be proud. Be awesome. Yeah. And it, it, did your friends respond to you like, "Give it to Michael. He doesn't like anything." <laughs> oh, no. I like a lot of things. But I like this, even though, like, yes, as I've seen pointed out about the demo, like 
This is it is the the dumbest shooter because as you're you're as RoboCop you're a slow ass tank. Mm-hmm. Uh, you kind of uh-huh. move slowly, you aim slowly, uh, and but it's it's all about the fun of stomping around and just like watching punks' heads explode as you shoot them. They have zero tactics to speak of. Their tactics are run out into the open and shoot at you. And sometimes we wear armor. Uh, they are not clever enemies. It's it's just you know don't don't go into this expecting strategy or like yeah. I, I want to play a fast paced modern shooter. No, you- I, I just realized what the perfect RoboCop game actually would be if it was first person. Time Crisis. You yeah. move around like a slow tank. You barely move, and your gun moves. This very is fast. almost an on rail shooter. The exception being like, well, you have freedom of movement, and you can walk right up to enemies, grab them by the throat. And either throw them into each other, or through a window, or against a column, or whatever. Creep. Uh, there's <laughs> <laughs> RoboCop is healed by like a proprietary goop that all the enemies yeah, keep the all food. over the place in their layers. You're gonna be a bad motherfucker. Mm-hmm. One thing I will say, if you decide to play this, uh, I learned very quickly uh, that, w- like the first t- after that first mission, you will like go to the police station. And you will level up, and it becomes sort of an immersive sim, which was totally unexpected. Like, it for whatever reason, it reminded me of like Vampire the Masquerade Bloodlines. What? Where like, put that in the box. <laughs> yeah. Now you're you're in in the uh, the police station. This this crumbling ruin that they don't want to spend money on anything except RoboCop. And so, you, <laughs> but you get like you you level up. You get graded on your performance. And I mean, OCP doesn't want to spend anything on money on anything but Robocop. Dick Jones, mm-hmm. is this a statement about America's crumbling infrastructure yep. and uh, yes. our, our absolutely war yeah, budgets? Yeah. But, but here's budgets. the thing: then you will, after you have that initial moment in the police station, you will go out into the streets and you will investigate various crimes, and there will be all these side things, and like you'll be faced with minor criminals, and you can decide to uphold the law. By like writing tickets and arresting people, or you can build public trust by you know letting them off with a warning. In which case, you know maybe they'll help you out later on. I don't know, but uh, I will say, I was like the first time I played it, I immediately like okay, I have points to spend. Like yeah, uh, armor, uh, offensive power, yeah, sure, combat skills. That's what I want to prioritize because what what I want with deduction or. Uh, Memories Psycho- of my family. Yeah, psychology. <laughs> Turns out those are like the two skills you will need more immediately. Mm. Uh, because like, yes, you're doing investigative stuff. So you want like a deduction so you can unlock this better scanning so you can find better clues. And uh, it's it just takes an unexpected turn very early on. His name is RoboCop, not Robo Detective. Yep. Robo Inspector. Well, now oh, he's on the ground. It's Pussy Juice. Inspector Roboto. <laughs> My cousin Inspector Gadget will be here shortly. <laughs> yeah, wowzers! And it is Peter Weller. That's the other. Yeah, thing. Peter. And, that's cool. And he we, phones in some of those lines really bad, but at the same time, like it's RoboCop. He's supposed to sound flat. I never know what Peter Weller's going through. He got that role because mm-hmm. he was he has a freakish body. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he, he could looks fit in the suit. Concerning now at, in his old age, but because he's a gaunt yeah. man. Mm-hmm. And so I don't. Maybe he is trying. We don't know. Uh, it's not that tangential. Thirty twenty ten this week we had to watch RoboCop three, which is one of those painful reminders of everything that isn't RoboCop one. Fucking sucks. Mm. I like two. 
I'm You're, sorry. Two, I know two I was is a kid like when two came out. One good movie and two very bad movies. Yeah. 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 Squeezed into like 120 minutes. How I didn't mind the reboot from whenever that was. Mm. It wasn't like the worst reboot. I thought it pulled too many punches for the same reason. Robocop 3 ended up being PG-13. So the game, the footage looked super pretty. And the idea that like, let's keep in the spirit of having something to say about dystopian corporate fascism mm -hmm. and, and the other, everything else Robocop ever did dropped all of that. All of it. The first yeah, one, yeah, yeah. It, it, like, it, it, that's the game to me. But what's, I, what you lose, Verhoeven, all of yeah, the yeah. intelligence. Like I was saying on the show, when you, when, you, when you don't have a Holocaust survivor directing your movies, you know, it just keeps up, keeps yeah. suffering. Again, it's like Jaws, where the first movie's really good, and then the director leaves, and then it's like, What's Jaws after that? Well, Jaws becomes a slasher movie, a disaster movie, yeah. a really shitty movie. Well, I was, uh, I they, was. Reading... They think people are there for the dumb facade mm -hmm. and not the actual substance. I was reading the about the dire the director of the third one is from Monsters, the guy who made Monster Squad. And, Robocop and he just, or Jaws of of Robocop three. Oh wow! And he was just like the first movie goes through ever like takes uh, Murphy through anything he could ever go through. He's got to recreate, reconnect to his memories and see his family. Like, that is the only triumph this living dead corpse will ever mm -hmm. fucking have. All he can do, I'm paraphrasing it, but all he can do is be more fascist and have more weapons. <laughs> he wins and, the war on drugs single-handedly. And then, and then when the movie Chris. studio's like, hey, kids like this, make this friendlier, and like, all he can do is be more violent. <laughs> He's already lost his family forever. All he, he can't he can't eat anything he can't fuck anything he can't want anything all he can do is kill and yes I guess he can replace his hands with flamethrowers but for a game thank you yes when you talk about yeah where you can give him upgrades we've stopped talking about how these upgrades on human beings never make any sense it makes all the sense in the world to upgrade a RoboCop for fuck's sake mm -hmm. I told you that no fucking stuff in confidence <laughs> uh, if you do want a fast paced modern shooter well guess oh, the yes. fuck what Call of Duty what? Modern Warfare 3's it's campaign. Right there in the title, Modern. Yeah, right there. It's, it's, out, it's, it's out early like a week early with early access if you pre-order the game you, you don't uh, even here, have if to you, pre order if you, a special campaign edition. or is the multiplayer it's out the campaign. Is the whole, it's if you just the campaign. Pre order, you have a dedicated button that'll guarantee you remain frosty all mm -hmm. the time. Yeah. You'll <laughs> never not be frosty. Mm -hmm. Push but push F to frost. <laughs> <laughs> um But I, I, I played a bit of it and I will say like it is a bit of like if you haven't played Call of Duty in a while. They're trying to do this thing where they consolidate all things Call of Duty into one app, just called Call of Duty. And right Again? now, I think it has it contains Warzone and Modern Warfare Two and Three. And oh, I, right, yes, that it, yeah. it comes with this massive fucking multiplayer game yeah. you may never so, touch. So I got I jumped into it for the first time to play Modern Warfare Three, and I immediately had to watch an unskippable trailer for their wow. Halloween event, which is like a battle pass with Spawn. And then it took me through a tutorial about their battle pass. And do I want to unlock the battle pass? No, thank you. I just want to. Was play it was Modern it Keith Warfare David? Uh, I didn't hear any voices. So mm. speaking of unspeakable, one of us encountered in the wild today 
on Xbox, if you open your Xbox, certain users will have a huge roadblock ad for mm-hmm. this movie that you have to yeah. bypass before you can do what you want on your system. It's n- It shouldn't be a huge deal, but everything Microsoft has done this with is first party. And as of last week, this is... Um, this feels like Microsoft taking a victory lap, just like they they bought an ad for that Sphere thing, which was just their Xbox logo not tied to a game, like that very expensive thing overlooking the Wynn Golf Course in Vegas. Everything else they've done this with is first party, meaning as a Game Pass subscriber, they're just telling me this thing you were looking forward to and you were going to play already and don't have to pay an extra cent for is available. There was something now more irritating that, like, I have to pay for this, so I have to look at this thing and how do I exit out of here without going to the page? It takes only a couple clicks, but it's also like gaming's never been like this, man. Hmm. Yeah, and I have to sign like three EULAs before I can start playing. <laughs> well, well, previously they would do that. It's more passive where it's like, we sent you a notification from Xbox, and then you open it up and it's like a private message that says like, the new Halo's out. You should check it out. Yeah, it's they like, did oh, it with, a little with, invasive, with Starfield but, you know. and like, oh, I wanted to play Starfield. Cool. Yeah. I'll go go mm-hmm. play it now. <laughs> but anyway, the game itself, I did play like the first level of mm-hmm. the campaign. And I I don't have a lot to tell you that you probably don't already know if you're interested in this. And because it's, uh, it's what was shown off, I think, um, during the Summer Games Fest, where it's like, like a prison break level. And I yeah. felt the same thing that I felt watching it, which was... It's been eight years since we got a real Metal Gear game, and there have been so many Call of Duties in that time. Yeah. Why can't they just make one Metal Gear game? Um, but, the, you know, it's it's very sneaky. It, it brings across all the right uh, feelings of like, all right, now, stay stay hidden here. Okay, now, take those guys out. Take, take out one of them, and I'll take out the other one automatically. We don't even bother telling you to pick the one on the left anymore. Scripted event. Why are you getting behind cover, you fool? Was it really with an American accent, Michael? Were you doing Call of Duty Justice there? Uh, yeah, well, there, there's an American accent, and then some of the American accents start speaking Russian in that first <gasps> first mission because... I was told there would be no yes. Russian. Yeah. Wow, I got it. <laughs> what? I, I was going to do a similar joke. <laughs> less, less, less atrocity-esque than, uh, than no Russian, but uh, the same yeah. guys involved. Spoilers, I guess. Oh, um, okay. Yeah. No, oh, this, this seems... I don't know. I, I really dug the first Modern Warfare remake that came out. What was it? Four years ago? Five years ago? At I this haven't point? played any of them. No. The first one was was the campaign was was excellent. I, I'd imagine this one is too. Yeah, I've kind of what a roller off coaster. Mod, or Call of Duty in general, but I, I really should play through them because like I do love that just the cinematic nature of yeah, it's just, a roller coaster. It just yeah, play the roller coaster game. It's fun. It's uh, it it. Like the the guns shooting dudes with the silencer feels really cool and clicky and you know it's just like yeah this is it's just fucking fun. Uh, finally, uh, Alien Hominid got both an HD oh. uh, re-release and uh, Alien Hominid Invasion, a new game. The yeah, first- from the the Fulps, the uh, I forget what they're called, Behemoth, Behemoth. Yeah, the Behemoth. Which was the original not an HD or grounds. was it only like 720p? No, well, the original HD. was a flash game. And then yeah. there was oh, yeah, the yeah. PS2 game, which was expanded. And then there's like an HD Xbox version one. of, yeah, that was on Xbox 360, I think, originally. That's mm-hmm. the one I knew about yeah. that a lot of people played. Yeah, yeah. and so. it's it's beautiful. And if you were like me and maybe Michael, maybe Matt, like I kind of lived, spent like an hour or two on Newgrounds every day. Like this 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 fierce little powerhouse of independent 
flash animation hmm. and they convert it over to something else but it's still there still around yeah and it was really neat to see them make an old school game but the original alien hominid is like so old school and brings nothing new to the table and i was just looking at footage of this and it's wonderful wonderful chaos yeah well i, I like that uh they they acknowledge how long it's been right in the intro the idea is that like a bunch of other aliens witness the uh, the fir- the original alien being shot down over Earth, and so mm. they they rush to his aid, and it's it's a nineteen year trip. So like literally because it's like yeah, oh, wow. the last game was like in two thousand four, so it's taken them wow. nineteen years to reach the Earth, and now they're a bunch of them are going to invade. So what it is is it's it is multiplayer. Even if you're playing solo, there'll be a bunch of other aliens running around causing havoc. And rather than being like, you know, linear metal slug style levels, you have these more open sandboxy levels where enemies just will spawn in from every direction and you will be given various tasks to complete, like go collect these items or kill five purple enemies or whatever. And then you'll get a little reward. And it's sort of nominally a roguelite in that, like when you die, you lose all of your, your items and weapons and stuff. You're, you're just kind of reset back but uh yeah it's it's fun it's delightful um you can you can basically just stay in the same small area and you can do everything you need to um that also means there's not at least not in that first level I played there's not a tremendous amount of variety but again uh because of the nature of this show because you know we have to play all these things while also having a day job schedule. Uh, it didn't get very deep into it, so your mileage may vary. I, I went and looked at people who were streaming it, and it. I love I love being able to see a second game in the series that this should be straightforward. And I have no idea what's happening, mm. and it intrigues me. Yeah, it's chaotic fun. as fuck. <laughs> yeah, it, it, uh, it. He does he drop boxes? Is that gold? What are they, can they, are they recoverable? It was madness, but like. The spirit of that game was to be some, something difficult and was something defiantly uh, independent uh, back in the mm-hmm. day. And it's still something worth report, uh, supporting. And I know plenty of people who had never heard of Newgrounds and loved Alien Hominid. So, or, that's I said it right. That's the yeah. name, right? Mm-hmm. That's Why did the I one. Question, I'm so old. I questioned something correct I said. Ugh, Alzheimer's. <laughs> Ugh. Well, let's move along to... Atari is buying Digital Eclipse, not Extremes, which, honest to God, I looked at my notes and I had mistyped it, but I'm like, did one of these fuckers just try to sabotage me and put Extremes instead of Eclipse in here? But that's how often I mistake those two things. Mm-hmm. Digital Eclipse is the retro-based studio. Full disclosure, uh, Dan Amrick works there, friend of the show and of the network. And um, we've had multiple Digital Eclipse people. On yeah, the show. yeah. We had Chris Kohler's been on the show. We we love Digital Eclipse and everything they're doing. And I don't know how I feel about this Atari I, acquisition of Digital Eclipse. I had kind of a pang that was almost similar to like Microsoft's buying Call of Duty. What's going to happen? Uh, started probably overthinking a little bit, but only because. I didn't. I meant to look into this before the show, and I apologize if I didn't. Atari isn't a real company, right? They are again. They're not just a holding company at this point. That is, at one point, 
it's a bit like Friday the 13th. Like on one half, there was the company that's like, we make speaker hats and it's mm-hmm. all about licensing our brand. And they were more this licensing IP holding Just company. This, this weird shit. Like you remember when like that German holding company bought the Muppets for a couple years and yeah. like made nothing but Denny's commercials? The new Atari, I would say they're kind of coming out was that Atari fi- uh 50th collection. It was 40th or 50th? Or 50th. 50th, 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 50th yeah. The 50th that came out that Digital Eclipse worked on. Like, that is like, no, this is the new Atari. There is some new stuff on this disc. There's some remakes of stuff. And it's like, that's... They did that interview with the CEO. Right. And that's the business he wants to be in. And they have been on a bit of a buying spree with retro-themed developers. Yes. It just... It doesn't feel this way yet... But because of what just happened with Tommy Tellerico and the Amico and all or, of that, the like Intellivision a, a, Amico. Embracer. Like a, sure. Somebody going, because what Atari was, to my knowledge, was a brand that a bunch of different companies that don't make or sell games kept buying to license to other people who make nostalgic things with the Atari logo and properties on. The plug-and-play yeah. sticks, your old Navy Hot Topic Target shirts. And I think Digital Eclipse made them more respectable in the game space than they've done for themselves in a long time. They, they had become a bit of a joke to a lot of people as like, yeah, this there's this is this once great company that how far the mighty have fallen type thing where like Atari 50 sort of reminded you like, oh, shit, they, they got some big brands. And I guess that's the most exciting part to me is like if this enables Digital Eclipse to make updated and because their sort of specialty is like we make. I don't even know what you'd call it, like modern retro games of like, hey, we've modernized this yeah, thing. Curation. Like, like they're, they're the same yeah. people like, I don't want to use Ted Turner putting things into color, but like restoring old films and yeah. contextualizing them with custom-made documentaries, your shout factories, your... Uh, so so they did make it clear uh, after this, this announcement was made, like Digital Eclipse will, for the foreseeable future, still work on their gold series of games, which is where they do the thank God. criterion of video games, like they just did the making of Karateka. And, Amazing. And so they'll still be able to do some of that stuff. I just, for me, it's like, yeah, if this enables them to work on some Atari you know, franchises and... Uh, be the official developer of Note for some of that stuff, like, hell yeah, I'm, I'm here okay, for that. Okay, so here, I'll, I'll say this as fast as I can. Do what it. I was worried about was when companies go on buying sprees, for some reason it's always our beloved game developers that get let go when that company makes a giant mistake in another field that has nothing to do with games. They always let them go first because they're expensive and unpredictable. The big optimistic side, and the people I know are publicly optimistic about it, wouldn't uh, thirty twenty ten this week is the official closing of the last blockbuster? By that, I think there's another blockbuster, two blockbusters left, and they license the name from the holding company that owns the blockbuster name. But the blockbuster is not in the game making business. What if blockbuster became the leading name in film preservation? <laughs> so. <laughs> That's what I think is really cool. Like, what if Atari? Yeah. What if Blockbuster became, came back and bought Criterion? Yeah, something. Well, some. Yeah, not not swallow. But they didn't, they didn't swallow anybody up necessarily. But what if it's, the brand of Atari in ten, fifteen years is synonymous with game preservation and classic gaming? Fucking cool. Because we all talk from our perspective. We kind of missed a lot of Atari. It's not really in our uh, our, our nostalgic wheelhouse. It was a hand-me-down for me. I played a lot of Atari games, but I wasn't there when they were big yeah. on the market or anything. So. Me neither. 
Yeah, no. So I, I think, think that would is, be amazing. Cool. Yeah. Well, uh, so so best of luck to all of our friends at Digital Eclipse, mm-hmm. and uh, we hope this is a good thing that you guys are yeah. all happy about. So, and if you are, we're happy for you. Uh, you know what makes me happy is Disney, Disney Vidya Games, hey. and Disney Dreamlight Valley. Oh, is no. a game that I've been uh, on the sly, not willing to admit to you guys, putting time in over the past <laughs> year. You've admitted it been on, on multiple occasions. Oh. Yeah, but, okay, he, but he's mentioned it like four times, but because I played the game a lot and Michael didn't, I'm like, Michael, this is bad. <laughs> yeah, There's yeah, no way to yeah. put a little time into this game. It's impossible. Yeah, I've mentioned it four times. I've played it a lot more than four times. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, the game is finally coming out of its sort of early access phase, and... Um, Gameloft made the decision it's not going to be free to play after all, which I kind of wondered that because that Disney Speedstorm kart racer that they put out is currently pay only as well. Like you can only access it with uh, the Founders Pack. Okay. So I, this makes sense to me. And here's why, like having put as much time as I have into that game, it doesn't feel like a free to play game when you're playing it. Like there's, there's definitely things built into it. You're like, oh. I could see how that's supposed to be a free-to-play hook. I'll just say this, like, it never really motivated me to spend money. I spent money once at one, like, Christmas event to get, like, the last of some items. I spent, like, five bucks. I never spent any money in it, but it was, like, it's Gameloft. And I have way too much experience with Gameloft and Disney. And I have Mm -hmm. been shaken by the ankles by these people. <laughs> and when I played, like, because it was in a uh, Game Pass on like a preview, uh, a previews. Yeah, yeah, uh, just tip. like the like grounded was there for a while, where it's like, yeah, we're not officially yeah. launched, and we're using Game Pass as an early access channel for you. And there was hmm. so much fun to be had in the game, and it is all inhibited by free, free to play elements. All of it. There's there are some in there, and. You can, if you're not a non-Game Pass person, there are Founders Packs you could have been purchasing this entire time that got you access plus a bunch of the premium currency. But again, all that premium currency for is cosmetics. So if you're like me, like I I don't typically pay for cosmetics in games. That's just not nope. me. I don't care about my digital peacock uh, avatar. So like uh, that's why for me it's like, eh, I'm not going to buy m- any currency in this. So, But it makes sense. I'm like, okay, uh, it must have been where... Trust me, they have the analytics. They were analyzing player behavior. They probably recognize, like, yeah, we're not going to be able to survive and keep this thing running as a true free-to-play game. Mm-hmm. So we're going to make it a uh, premium. But fans seem torn, and here's why. Um, there's just enough of those free-to-play mechanics in there where they're like... There's a lot. They're like, man, so if you're going premium, shouldn't we get everything? And why do we need these currencies now? And so people are kind mm. of pissing, hey, you're double-dipping. You're, you're going to charge mm. us up front. There's a. They did announce, by the way, took the chance to announce. There's an expansion calling a Rift in Time coming. That's going to cost you thirty dollars. So it's kind of like the Destiny model. Like you got to pay to to enter, pay for expansions, and there's cosmetics that if you want to get them easier than having to play to get them, you should probably. I'm not. Just pay. I'm not against a cheap game in, in the form of Founders Pack. I'm not against premium currency, even though I don't personally engage in it. Um, and I recommend you don't either. <laughs> uh, but to me, that this is game loft, and like, man, if you open up a 15 year old game magazine, I'm writing a lot of the cell play reviews. This is to me them saying we're sunsetting this. <laughs> uh, this doesn't have a multi year future in the free to play arena. 
So well, I mean, that's the beauty, though, is if you charge for it, you don't necessarily need a sunset. Then it'd, it'd uh, just be like a regular game. <laughs> it'd just be like a regular game. But it still has way too many free to play models in there for me to like. They're in there. Want to want to pay for this thing because it's just like this is needless. I can see where I need to go and what I need to do, but I need to grow like fifteen tomatoes. Stick those tomatoes in a machine. I need to collect sixteen gears for. I'm on a quarter acre of a land right now. Like this, fuck this. I'm free to play like a motherfucker, just to, in order to shake hands with Scrooge, which was my goal playing the game. Mm. Well, there's a uh, there's some news for you that'll make you happier than than the, this not being free to play, Chris. Um, so another Game Pass game. Looks like Chris, you're gonna get yourself what? a Lies of Peakwell, baby. Oh shit! Because they confirmed. Um, not only are they working on DLC for Lies of P. Uh, they're working on a sequel, so Lies of P2. Do you guys remember the the spoiler news I blasted in yes. your face? Um, the game teased Dorothy from Wizard of Oz, which is crazy, which is insane. What if there What if there was a, a continuing Souls-like game that just took public di- domain fairy tales and classic fantasy literature? That's very exciting those worlds, to me. Mm-hmm. That is them very violent. exciting. Yeah, just make it fucking fables. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Get although, some brothers Grimm in there. No, don't have to pay for that has, anymore either. <laughs> has said like he's he's made fables public domain. You could make a fables yep. game if you wanted to, right? Sure, now. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure if you read that article, he only did that. It explained the fables delay. Yeah. Because he did like no one asked me if they could make a game. Yeah. They just said a game mm. was happening. Here's what your cut is going to be, and like I I didn't approve this at all, and. I don't know what the delay is in Wolf Among Us, but I think that was pretty well explained by what he did. And it turns out, mm. hey, you might be able to make a Wolf Among Us game faster than Telltale at this point, <laughs> and you now have the tools and the permission. Go for it. Do it. Do it. Go for it. I know I won't. Uh, <laughs> so I'm excited for that. Liza, I just wanted to tell a Liza Peekle joke. Liza um, yeah, exactly. Nice. So, you guys, I think, told me about this. There there was a fan-favorite bug in Spider-Man 2 that just was patched out, and now users are demanding they bring it back as an official costume. <laughs> the Spider-Cube bug is no more, Aww. and fans are like, give me a Spider-Cube costume. So what, what this was, and this happens in dev a lot, it's kind of like, as they're working on assets, they'll just throw in, like, placeholder geometry. Yeah. Like, hey, this little square will be your main character. It's a little cube point. that roughly aligns with uh, Spidey's feet. Yes. Yes. Feet. And so, like, so the, the webs are shooting out from, like, two, three feet above yes. them? Yes. Yes. <laughs> cool. So, so that was a bug that they did patch out of the game recently, but fans are not happy. Um, but the Insomniac designer who uh, was working on the costume thing, he also explained, you know, this in kind of a related story... Fans were asking, like, hey, why can't you just bring back all of the costumes from Spider-Man... I'm sorry, Marvel's Mm Spider-Man 1 and um, Marvel's Spider-Man Miles Morales uh, and bring them into two. And he he basically explained, he goes, well, there's a couple things. Number one, those games were on PS4. um, And yes, there was an upgrade to PS5 version, but, like, the original Spider-Man was on PS4. And so a lot of those assets just won't work on PS5. We would need to redo all the textures which is just as much work as these we basically it's creating new costumes from scratch that's our buddy marco doing the, doing them too yeah that's right um mm-hmm. and then he also clarified like the other thing that kind of fucks that up is the wings uh the the spider yeah. wings right. um it fucks with the geometry of a lot of those suits and and that's to their credit like when you see those suits they They're don't amazing. do the laziest possible implementation nope. like they make sure that all of that shit animates properly like it doesn't 
theoretically doesn't clip during cutscenes and all that, and it's it's kind of a miraculous. I've had feat no inkling what Peter that. or Miles look like below the neck. And and if if you if you looked, they did. I, I read something today. They have all the suits from the Sony movies. Yes, yes, and you're right. That's not an instant just because this is a Sony game and Columbia made the movies. You mm-hmm. you have to really negotiate that shit over and over and over again. But it's my biggest compliment that when I like it was not free to unlock that that Miles Morales across the Spider Verse suit. It makes the game look like the best movie game that's ever been made. It the exact Miles suit. The voice sounds very similar. Mm. PS Five gameplay that is excellent. It does it if you have the noir suit too, the spider yes. noir yeah. suit. Uh, it's, it's a setting you can actually do at any time. But you know, not to. There are several things in that that game that are very exclusive to movies, and I'm not going to spoil yeah. anything having platinumed it. But like negotiations had to take place. Did you see the teasers for possible DLC that people have found yes. in the city? Yeah, potentially. Mm-hmm. I don't know because um, in the previous game you had a what was it a uh, Murdoch and uh, Foggy. That's back by the way. They patched the game and, and the sign oh, okay. reappeared. Yeah, it was, it was it was the plaque was there, but it was empty. It was empty, and, and people were speculating like, oh, does this mean that Matt Murdoch and Foggy Nelson have moved? Um, and the, and the designer's like, oh, good catch. We'll see on that. And then basically it got patched and it's like the signs back. Oh, he but- said, I saw that tweet. He said good catches and like, we need to fix that. I thought he was like, well, <laughs> good, good sleuthing. He, he, well, he was sort of being like, he's like, oh, good catch. Hint, hint. And then it was like, oh, actually we need to fix it. No, the bigger well, they, thing though is yeah. there's like, um, like the, the hand. hand, the hand, yeah. which is the, are the ninjas from the mm. Daredevil universe. Like there is yeah. basically a base of theirs that you can see through the window and it's like lined with guns on the wall and it's got their symbols. But then there's like a bookstore on the other side where like there's a bookshelf blocking. There are the no open way, doors in, yeah, in yeah. New York city except for this one. Yeah. It seems to indicate something hand like, I would say that's nuts. Cause the first game had to rigidly adhere to Spider-Man and Spider-Man characters the same way the Sony movies do. Uh, it, this shouldn't be a spoiler, but like you unlock a Wolverine suit. Yep, I that, mean, and you could it, you could easily see a Daredevil suit. Well, you, you're like, well, world. Insomniac's also working on a Wolverine game. That's like the Spider-Man mm-hmm. suit popping up in Tony Hawk because fucking uh, NeverSoft's making a Spider-Man game. Can't explain the Black Panther stuff. That would have to be. I think somebody pulled a lot of strings for that to be could in be. there, and and or Marvel is receptive to adding non-Spider-Man stuff to the game. That's the best inkling you have. This could be this could be Daredevil or See, but Daredevil anything. is Daredevil's currently in Disney Limbo because that show um they scrapped like the work in progress eh, new show and so he was he was in She-Hulk. They're getting like basically a new showrunner for Daredevil. So it's kind of like yeah. I feel they're getting, like any- No, no, they're getting a showrunner cuz they never had them before, which is why the mm. shows were always weird. <laughs> They don't. Disney doesn't want to pay union laws, so it's operated their the MCU and on Disney Plus super weird. Sorry. Here's a here's a question for you. Do you think that the hand based thing means there will be Daredevil DLC, or is just like Spidey going to be fighting the hand in a future DLC? I am going to speculate right now, and we should do this on a guide. And should we all finish it? We're going to finish it. I'm going to be as vague as I can. Okay. Uh, I think where this is going, there is it's going to take another five years to make another Spider-Man game proper. There will be a Miles Morales equivalent. 
who that will be, I think might be surprising. Uh, but I don't think they can get away with just another Spider-Man at this point. They will have, you will be, I do think you can, I can see DLC as another, there will be a Miles Morales, $40, $50 expansion with another character in it, starring another character. But when it moves on, I don't know that we'll see New York again. I think Daredevil makes perfect sense. Like if he's going to be a playable character, like Mm -hmm. he, let's face it, he's kind of very similar to Spidey. He's got the batons Mm -hmm. with ropes that it's like, Mm -hmm. he could easily in that engine be swinging around. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. He's got the super hearing and all that Mm -hmm. stuff where it's like, Okay, yeah, I, I can see that working. I, I'm excited. Daredevil's my favorite comic. All the talk about the hand is just wait, wait. reminding me that that's where the Foot Clan from Ninja Turtles comes from. It's yes. a parody yes, yes. of the hand. Well, I, that's the thing. The I don't. Hand. I don't love the hand. I think that uh, I, that doesn't excite me at all. But what you it means talk sort to of the electro. Hand. Stop. God damn it, Michael! <laughs> I think Mark Henry's career after the hand segment really. Just, wait, wait, you know, but Matt, you were saying walk. Daredevil's your favorite comic character? Absolutely, he's yeah. my favorite comic book. As a man who suffers from visual ocular challenges, to have a blind fucking wow. superhero uh. that basically also behaves like Spidey, but is super smart, like one of the smartest lawyers in New York mm-hmm. during by day, that's fucking awesome. No, I, and, I love. Yeah, I've never I, heard I you talk Daredevil, about Daredevil, but I'm not a fan of hand stuff. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps doing it. He keeps doing it. It's just such low-hanging fruit. I can't it is not November of all times. <laughs> well, I guess that hand stuff is perfect for no. Take what you can get if you're a Daredevil fan, Michael. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, Daredevil's been outside. Of... Yeah, that's we haven't seen much of the Fox acquisition play out on screen yet. Even though we know it's happening, and there's been. You know, something in Multiverse of Madness, but it, there's been no significant movement in those Fox characters under Disney. So I'd be I'd be really curious because I thought Disney was like kind of saying to Sony, like, Spider-Man can play here and you can buy one or two of our MCU characters. You can rent them, but these can't coexist. And for video game, this this video game series needs to go go for 100 years. Spider-Man. That's great. Insomniac is is, really good. They know how to do traversal like no other studio. Is really good. And and like if you play to the end of the game, you might have a good idea who's coming. Love it. But I that that Easter egg, unless it's a red herring, um, simulates uh, would seem to indicate something outside of the Spider Verse, which is crazy. That that would be that would be really fun. Um, Nuts. I just don't understand, like, why wouldn't you just have a Daredevil suit? You got you got a Black mm-hmm. Panther suit. Oh, but speaking of suits, this is an interesting one. So Robert Pattinson's The Batman suit from, what, 2022 or 20, whenever that movie was, yeah. made a brief appearance only in the Epic Game Store version of Arkham Knight and then was immediately yanked down after Whoa, a little while what? people found it. This is immediately kicked off speculate speculation among fans like, whoa, what the fuck was that? Was that was that meant to I mean, you know, you could kind of guess it's probably meant to tie to some sort of yeah, announcement. But what, what would it be? Why would you update a almost ten year old game with a ninety nine cent? So what current suit. people are currently speculating is not exciting to me. Maybe they were saying it was supposed to celebrate the launch of Suicide Squad, kill the Justice League, uh, which is coming out in February. I if that's it, was originally it, I'm really scheduled fucking to bummed. happen sometime this year, sometime yeah. two three years mm-hmm. ago. 
But then they showed a bunch of gameplay, and everyone said, oh, no. Boo. <laughs> oh, yeah, no. there was a lot, of, a lot of that. So if that's all this is, that fucking bums me out. Um, or it could just be something that, like, they negotiated the rights at the time to get that suit, and then the, maybe the rights fell through, and they didn't get them, and it was created and sitting there, and someone hit the wrong switch on the back end, and it went live that for That DLC stopped years ago. That DLC mm-hmm. is, it, it, like... I don't. There's not even one of those movies in production, so I don't know where that would have come from. There's a lot to speculate here. It's fucking wild, right? I mean, yeah, the only thing weird. I can think of is there's been a lot of like remaster versions of that game in collections of stuff. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe it was if it's not meant to tie to a future announcement, maybe it was supposed to come out alongside the Batman. The rights fell through, and it's just like it exists and just never went live before. I don't know. That it, is so strange. Yeah. Isn't, isn't it wild? And it's just one version, just Epic yeah, Games and, and, and the answer is probably super stupid, by the way. Like, I, if you, if you, this is neither here nor there, but what are we calling the new DC universe? Because Aquaman's essentially going to kill it. People keep saying, like, Flash is the end, end of the fucking DC Snyderverse and, like, All right. Aqu- Aquaman. <laughs> Aquaman is still coming out. I don't know why. He's coming out to marry a woman without gills. <laughs> uh, the gun, the Gunniverse, the mm. DC Gunniverse. It sure. does feel um, like with that movie, like everyone just like, wow, Jason Momoa is very charismatic and good at that role. He, we should just do another movie. There's a him. lot of pretty neat stuff in that Aquaman movie, but it does, at the end of the day, suffer from being an Aquaman movie. <laughs> and and it can't be yeah. helped. Yeah. It can't be helped. And the flash this was is the, the weird. butt of a joke. Like there was a joke plotline on Entourage of like he was in the Aquaman mm-hmm. movie. Like that was the big joke. And but but I, I believe the whole DC universe is getting rebooted, except for that Batman series. But there's hasn't been any movement as far as I know on actually filming something and i really like that movie that batman series did feel like a one-shot comic or like a mini series or something mm. it's like this is a oh, well, spin-off of batman. colin farrell's uh, uh penguin series is coming that's and right i love oh, the shit. idea that colin farrell was cast in that movie to be unrecognizable in audio and vi- you can be visually or <laughs> visually or audibly impaired and you would have no idea oh, it's colin farrell colin farrell star of 20th century fox's daredevil film <laughs> ah yes <laughs> Fucking bullseye! The only guy who knows what movie he's in. He's a very good part of that. He's, <laughs> yeah, he's good. Sure. I mean, that, that, MCD is not bad in that either as the kingpin. No, he's a great kingpin, and which is weird because like even kingpin hasn't shown up in the Spider-Man games. There's been the name of his. Uh, well, there's he, been his name. He on a was building. in like the very beginning of the first one. You fight. Him. Oh, was he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Like he's in. He's in some. A radio com sequences where well, he's like you he fight him in the beginning of the first Spider-Man game. Right, I, but I, I thought it was like too like wrapped up an in an actual him. battle with him. That's right. You're right. Yeah. You're right. You're right. That's the intro to that game. And then yeah. after that, he has to. I think he helps you in Miles Morales, and he's like calling you from prison or something like that. that sounds There's, familiar. Just like anyway. Vincent D'Onofrio would, who mm-hmm. has now crossed the Netflix bridge as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, fun to speculate, but that is all the news is fit to play. Mm. Love it. Let's move on to the community segment, which is oh. always... Is that your Vincent D'Onofrio? Sort of, yeah. That's that's sort of how he does the kingpin. Okay. Just no, no. You're doing yeah, a great you. version I of his you. Men in Black character. Otherwise, you're just uh, <laughs> you're Santa Claus in a hurry. <laughs> I've Fine. got to get the toys to the children. <laughs> I mean, that's his kingpin. It is. It, it very is. much it's is. Vanessa. 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 
Uh, <laughs> <laughs> That's all I remember about them doing that role. All right. Let's move on to the community the segment, which is always a segmenting our community. Last week's question of the week was, do you have a go-to game or series you like to play during spooky, spooky. season? Uh, from the official Lazy Time community on Facebook, uh, Bree Stafford says, uh, my go-to game for Halloween is Animal Crossing New Horizons. One of my favorite things about Halloween is seeing many of the houses in the neighborhood, so I am unable to resist having the chance to spookyify an entire village with wonderful decorations. Plus, when October 31st rolls around, it's fun to give out candy to my fellow villagers and help out Jack. The funny thing is that I'll cater to the electronic villagers' need for candy Mm. while ignoring real-life trick-or-treaters that come to my door. (laughs) As a parent of two, two dogs and no human children it's quite evident that i like animals both real and fake more than kids mm. nice and 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 actually Bree it clarified we were arguing last not arguing wondering last week is it Bree or bry they clarified they're envy and they it's fine for both so you can go either Bree or bry that's all good uh sam hanscom says uh the resident evil 2 remake has been my annual tradition for the past few has it been a few years since the resident evil 2 remake? yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh, right. There's been three and four. There's two, three, and four. Yeah. It's been a while since I haven't played it. Still, the best video, video game remake, in my opinion. I'll never get over how it manages to recall PS1 memories while still feeling like a fresh experience. Do you guys have a favorite among the Resident Evil remakes? Well, I mean, four. Two, two was really good. by far mine. Yeah. Two yeah. and four? Two, four, three. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, four, four, two, three for me. Ooh! Fight! 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 Um, yeah, then there, two, two is great, and four is great. Three is lesser, so but I prefer zero unremastered. Let's see, Matt Cody Wardell. It's too many names. You're just Matt Wardell now. Uh, Castlevania for me. Nothing like whipping the asses of the original Avengers to get me in the (laughs) Halloween mood. Specifically, one Super Four and Symphony of the Night. This year, however, yeah. I finally let myself play Resident Evil 8, or Village. Not too scary, but fun. And replayed Return of the Obra Dinn. Oh, wow. Um, which, now that he mentioned it, yeah, there's a little bit of a Halloween, fall, autumn vibe yeah, to that. It gets creepy. It gives you, it gives you a shout-out yeah. here, Michael. Shout-out yeah. to Michael for hyping it up years ago. Many of my favorite indie games are the high-concept ones he dives deep into in the new releases segment. Oh. Much love to the wiki part. Oh, thank you. Uh, please say the next guy's name. I want to hear Scott R. Chubb. Yeah, it's not a Tim and Eric character, we promise. Scott R. <laughs> Chubb uh, says, I usually alternate between Costume Quest 1 and 2 around Halloween. Mm-hmm. No other form of media has ever captured the feeling of Halloween as a child as those games. While I tend to watch horror movies, read horror novels, and play horror-themed games throughout the majority of the year, the Costume Quest games have turned into a sacred Halloween tradition for me. Halloween, tr- like, um, somebody I'm dating, like, I would never, ever watch Ichabod, <laughs> the Disney Ichabod Crane sequence any other time of the year. It doesn't make mm. any sense to do. No, no, yeah, There's, there's better tradition. and newer horror stuff to engage with throughout the year, but I have to do it every Halloween. That's when you watch The Wind in the Willows half, Chris, is the rest of the year. <laughs> the rest of the year? <laughs> and it takes place at Christmas. Tape. No, it goes from Christmas to Halloween. Too jarring. Mm-hmm. I'm glad you guys understood that reference that it was always combined in the same video. I know. The Adventures of Ichabod and Mr. Toad. I yeah. own the Blu-ray. 
Uh, Steve Womack, I reinstall Costume Quest every October, then uninstall it in November. <laughs> That's without what actually I playing it. It's become a ritual now. I do not <laughs> want to say how I reg- I relate more to Womack than Chubb. Uh, I yeah. do that a lot as well. It's like I fully intend to play this. I'm going to install it. Ah, Halloween's past. Uh, moment passed me by. I can't play if that. You, if you game. never heard that story, I, I, I um, it was a uh, shit. I forget the name of the person who wrote it and directed it. Her name was Tasha. But they're like, Tasha's coming in with Tim Schafer, and we're like scrambling. What do we do? I'm like, what if we record their commentary over their video? Because we didn't have a way to do both yet. And Tim Schafer turned to me and it's like, holy shit, that's brilliant. We're going to get to do commentary on this game, and you can just publish it? And like, yeah. Tim Schafer called me brilliant. <laughs> so there. None of you are reacting at all. I hope the audience has their minds blown and is upping their patronage because of how ahead of the ahead of the curve I am. Michael, still zero reaction. Heard this story, doesn't care. <laughs> you know we hate you. Why do you have to say it out loud? Yeah, yeah. That's it. No more fake reactions for you guys then. <laughs> None. I, I know what he does there. Um, where are we? And who's supposed to be reading? Is it I Michael? Think, I think it's Parikshan O'Rourke. He was Googling the pronunciation of the name. I was. Right, because we've been saying Padraig for like four years, and all of a sudden he's like, Parig. "It is, it is Wizards Padre Sean O'Rourke." Whatever, Wiki Parig, read the fucking. It's however Wiki they pronounce Padres. it in Banshees of Inisherin. Uh, mm-hmm. Inside, so creepy and horrifying, yes. and yet it's mm-hmm. a quick and simple game that's easy to experience in a few short se- sessions. Getting near to the end, and had to stop for a while after the naked, long-haired merfolk child showed up and creeped me out. And that ending is one of my favorite moments in gaming. It's one of those games I've played like 20 times and never finished, but it is always super satisfying. Yeah. Didn't the developers team up with Real Doll of all companies to like what? make a big yes, bouncing silicone thing of the, yeah. the body blob? Why wasn't I told? They, I think it was the collector's edition, wasn't it? It was Could like... Yeah, it was just that, well, it's a spoiler to even say what it is, yeah, or was. Yeah, but it's hella gross. Uh, we have a couple yeah. video answers. First comes from Redrock963, who says... EGA, it's your old buddy Redrock963. Hi, Redrock. It's been a while. I've been super busy with a new kitten and keeping him away from Alice, who hates him. He's but I had to write in with this one, because <laughs> around 2007... When I started dating my husband, um, he would come over at my parents' house for Halloween. And at the time, the uh, I think Dracula X Chronicles for the PSP came out. So we'd sit out on my porch and play Castlevania and pass out candy to the trick-or-treaters on our PSPs. And that ended up being <laughs> a tradition when I lived with my parents for years. Um, he would come over, we would play a Castlevania of sorts, um, probably the latest one that came out on the DS, and yeah, we would just sit, sit out there, pass out candy, and in, in between waves of kids, just play a Castlevania game. And I, when I moved into apartment, my apartment, that kind of became a tradition, although I didn't have trick-or-treaters, but I would still just sit on Halloween and find a Castlevania game to play, and that's what I ended up playing during that year. Um, Now that I have my own house, I've kind of added to the tradition. I put on 
um, a playlist of the Treehouse of Horrors from The Simpsons and have that on in the background while I'm playing a Castlevania and passing out trick or, uh, candy to trick-or-treaters. Unfortunately, I think all of the trick-or-treaters in my neighborhood have grown up in the past 10 years oh, because no. last year I think I got three kids. And I've been out of the country for two weeks. I just spent a two-week vacation in Japan. I literally just what? got back. And I think I am just going to watch Treehouse of Horror on my own, boot up, I don't know, Symphony of the Night on my Steam Deck, and mm. play Castlevania all night. Anyway, it's been a while. Love you guys. As always, Alice loves you too, and I shall catch you later. Peace out. Oh. Thanks, Rick. Yeah, that happens with neighborhoods where, like, I notice, like, my no- neighborhood is normally, like, pretty, pretty happening for Halloween. And we certainly oh. got a lot of trick-or-treaters, but what I heard is, like, the neighborhood next door is now the cool new neighborhood yeah. where cars lined up to park inside for their kids to trick-or-treat. Like, there are uh, trendy neighborhoods now. That was the first year I saw that. That's I, what it is, trunk-or-treat. I have been the full-size candy bar guy for a long time. Hmm. It didn't lure, bad choice of words, uh, any more trick-or-treaters year on year. Uh, and then the last year, I remember, like, we, we cooked and we 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 projected. I borrowed my uncle's projector and I, I took the Xbox outside and we projected movies on the garage door and Great Pumpkin. And, like, yeah, let's fucking set up a little half bar and invite the neighbors out because COVID, that's sort of how me and the neighbors hung out and watched election stuff. We got two trick-or-treaters. None of the neighbors showed up at all. And I was just like, well, fuck this. So I bought the full-size candy bar. I left them on a, like, uh, tr- the trust game, like, uh, out of the front of the driveway, take one. They were ravaged this year. And I don't hmm. know if it was one surly teen, <laughs> but, like, I wish I, had, That's always I wish I had list, a camera yeah. on, like, did we go from two to, like, 30? 30 is low. The neighborhood I was in, by the way, like, uh, I'd never seen this before. I was, it was pointed out to me this, this neighborhood has no sidewalks, but it has wide roads and wide yards. Um, heavy trick-or-treating area. At about 8 o'clock, the neighbor, people would drive their kids to every individual house. And it looked very silly and looked huh. way more dangerous than <laughs> yeah. than just walking around. Yeah, all those like cars on the road, holy shit. That's yeah. the most dangerous part of trick or treating is like the cars in your neighborhood. Yeah, Absolutely. there shouldn't in, in my neighborhood, like people kinda knew like in, if it's not an emergency, don't leave from like six to ten. A lot of neighborhoods lock off their streets now. They yeah, just said now no one can get in or out. Like So there were cars everywhere dropping off kids from door to door and like one, this kid's little and it's nine thirty. You're a bad parent. Or you got off work late. Or they're, yeah, they're a dual work, or you got working work household late. and got off work late. We get a lot of those, and that's A couple fine. of those cars were too nice to assume that. Those but. kids sometimes make out like bandits, because I'm trying to get rid of all my candy by oh, the yeah. end of the night. So I'm like, grab a fucking handful. No, I said a handful. No, I'm mad I had three full candy bars left. Like, ugh, this is going to be my dinner for like the next night this and a half. My road to diabetes. Mm. Right. Yeah, I mean, our we don't put up any decorations, and our yard looks like shit, and uh, so we don't get any trick or treaters. Even though we had a whole bowl of like fun size candy bars that we would have given out by the fistful to any kids who came by. <laughs> you notice, so Chris? He said "had," implying maybe he's consumed a lot of those. Oh, no, I just had a lot of bad lunches, <laughs> but it's not for them anymore. 
No, it's not. No, it's not. <laughs> um, we have one more video answer from Joe Italian last name. Who says, via threads. Oh! Also via Twitter. Same thing, I think. Yep. That one got cut off. That's why you did threads. Because uh, it's the superior platform. Uh, got it. Just to say, it's... it's uh, Superior platform isn't letting me rewind or unmute here. <laughs> Hang on, here we go. Hey guys, Joe Tang, last time here with the Gibbit Podcast answering the question of the week. What spooky game or franchise do you go to? With me, Aliens. I usually mm. play AVP 2000, which is, I still think, the best Colonial Marine and Predator yeah, game there is. Uh, Aliens Fireteam Elite. Second best uh, Colonial Marines game. More custom mobility. And I get to play with buddies. Uh, Alien Dark Descent, which is super fun, but ridiculously hard. And then finally, Alien Isolation, which is by far the scariest game I've ever played in my life. Still won't play with headphones. Still won't play with a microphone. It's just terrifying. I can't even play that game at at night. Well, not at night, but in the dark. I am that much of a coward. But no, seriously, <laughs> it's super spooky, and that's why I go to it. All right, guys, take care. Be safe. Don't forget to listen to the Get Bit Podcast. It would kill me if I didn't advertise. Don't forget to listen to the Kathy, Kathy Lee Gifford Podcast. Right. It's very important you do that. <laughs> the story she has about Reach, am I right? Oh, I my right? kids. Can you believe it? <laughs> They're 90 now. That Kathleen, she loves her wine, Chris. She loves she it. I will say, little, little trick if you're afraid of horror games. Like, if, if like man, Alien Isolation looks so cool, but, oh, that alien looks so scary. Little trick I discovered, let it kill you. Let it kill mm. you over and oh. over again. And once you've experienced the worst it can do, you will no longer be afraid. It will just that was, be an that inconvenience. Was- Pretty similar to how I dealt with my dad. <laughs> Let him kill <I'm>, you. <laughs> you know what my trick is, is? Is I learned this from Michael shaming me once when I'm like, no, I'm too afraid to play that game. He goes, they're fucking puppets, man. And <laughs> him, him shaming me with that quote. Every time I play a horror game, I'm like, Michael said they were just puppets, and he's right. Yeah, they are. Just, yeah, Armatures and everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he made me feel like a fool, and that's my trick to playing I'm scary sorry. games now. That's it's, it's, dude, it's not it's bad true. advice. My, my secret shame is I've seen the Xenomorph once in six startups of Alien Isolation. Which I own on every platform with all the DLC, mm. because it, it's a it's really a long start to the game. It's a lot of startups. Normally, got to make your way through three or four before one hits, though, Chris. That's what they say in the valley. True, that's what Brock Sampson says. <laughs> Keep your arms and legs inside of Soren. Please enjoy Alien Isolation. All right, big guy. It's really good. It's also that's it's also <laughs> my trick for for horror movies. Is like you just have to unsuspend your disbelief. You have to remind yourself that like. Right no behind really this scene that you're watching are a bunch of people holding up microphones, scrutinizing the actor's action. Like, you imagine the crew sitting there, and, like, the tension will melt away. That's a good point. How come the first game, like, I ever streamed with you was Five Nights at Freddy's, and it's the most I've ever screamed? Because that shit is all jump scares. Because jump, jump scares yeah, suck, it, man. It was in response to you screaming so much. <laughs> <laughs> and... It's a very it tense just, game, dude. It's, uh, you know. And we're talking about the original here, like the animated GIF game. The but then, game. but then, yeah, it's just something popping up, getting in your face and screaming. Like, that makes anyone jump. Yeah, very loudly. Mm-hmm. Oh. All right, new question of the week. Uh, which Spider-Verse character needs a spinoff game? I think Ooh. the clear answer is Spider-Ham. 
because mm. there that is not just a one-off character that they came up with for Spider-Verse. That is like in the 80s that was an actual comic book, the Spectacular Spider Peter Porker Spectacular Spider-Ham. Yeah, uh, the jokes and, write themselves. And, for a long time. Yeah, it was it was a fantastic like joke series. No, Spider Ham outdates like predates Venom and like Miles Morales. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all this stuff. Mm-hmm. You got to uh, earn Venom. You got to earn it with Spider Ham. Yeah. Let's be clear. And and they made him like more of a Looney Tunes character for for Spider Verse, but he was more of like you know a, a slightly more believable funny animal comics character. And I love the idea. He was a spider bitten by a radioactive Aunt May. Yeah. And and be, grew to become Peter Porker, and she just adopted him. Just had had a delusion and like thought he was her her nephew. And like that that I want to see that explored. I want to see that universe yeah. and that series. What does explored. that imply about Aunt May's DNA that she's turning spiders into pigs over here? Well, she's she's like a she was a, a researcher of some kind, and she got infected with her own radioactive serum, and then bit a spider, and it became mm. a pig. I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've already given my answer, but I, I still think it's probably the best answer is... And actually, there was a news item this week I didn't really cover, but um, some folks have made the finished game that never came out, the Daredevil game from the PS2, uh, yeah. and I want to say GameCube, is theoretically you can find it online if you know where to look and uh, because the fans brought it back to life. But I've never understood. I mean, I get that he's blind, but there are so many things you can do matter. in video games now to to have that like kind of Fra- sense Frank, going. Speaking of RoboCop three on thirty twenty ten, Frank Miller whipped so much on Daredevil that he whipped on Batman. Oh yeah, They're, they yeah. were the same character for like ten years. Yeah, mm-hmm. his thing was making you know characters dark, and it's like Daredevil is a fucking dark. Well, and just character. the way he drew him as acrobatic, he does what Batman does. Mm-hmm. Period. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. he is a good Batman. He's Batman character. without all the money. You know, he's a, yeah. He's a poor Batman and real. <laughs> well, I mean, real like lawyer poor. Mm. He actually has superpowers, unlike Batman. Yeah, he makes. He only makes two hundred thousand a year. Yeah, yeah. He doesn't have Bruce Wayne money. So no, I, to me, Daredevil is like you got the Spider-Man engine. Um, you got the combat engine down already. He's just a, a more brutal version of Spidey. He beats the shit out of you with fucking clubs that he happens to swing from as well. Mm. Like he's. He's super cool, and he's fucking blind, and there's so many... Take the Batman Batvision investigation system from those games. Combine it with fucking traversal from Marvel Spider-Man. You got yourself a game. Yeah, that is how Daredevil sees. Like a... Like a... Like a world on fire. Mm-hmm. Like, he's got radar <laughs> senses. Like a... Um, I... A couple... It might have been a year ago. I picked up uh, the new run of Spider-Man from Zeb Wells. And... In both the game and the Spider-Verse movies, they very rarely touch upon the character of Tombstone. Because to me, that's a new character because it was introduced when I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tombstone is in the new game. Have you encountered him yet, Lonnie? Yeah, I mean, he was in the other games, too. He's he's nearly yeah. indestructible, right? That's his. But he's like, he's like a silent henchman in Spider-Verse. Mm-hmm. And... Um, in the comic, he described his his story, which I wasn't clear on his origins. He is an albino black guy. That's it. Hmm. And he filed down his teeth, learned to fight, because he was getting fucked with in a terrible neighborhood. It was it was like whoa, like I would love like maybe uh, if not a whole game, like 
a like a, a telltale, a visual novel game of like growing up as a big weirdo in a violent ghetto and what you have to do to stand out um, with those abnormalities. It may it, like I just never knew that until uh, the recent run of Spider Man, and it, it like man, I want to know everything about Tombstone. He's he always appears in all this stuff, but he's always like. Right after Shocker, you, you 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 meet Tombstone. To their credit, the games never have made him a joke. He's legit, yeah. like a badass in in those mm-hmm. games. So. He, and and if you haven't seen the new game, it's not really a spoiler. He's like reformed yeah. into yeah. Target, and um, that's happened a lot in the Spider-Man comics. And it always he always comes back. But he is he has Wilson Fisk levels of like uh, aspiration and uh, entrepreneurship at some point. But still files down his fucking teeth to Dude, look Chris, more shark like. I just had a realization that your your Daredevil Batman comparison is even more apt. Daredevil finds his way around using echolocation, yeah. which is how bats actually. Yeah. He is the true Batman, yeah. man. There, there is very little distinction between the uh, early '90s and of uh, Batman and mid 90s Frank Miller run they're they're almost they're very similar the characters. Kevin Smith run was very good on Daredevil the Kevin so. Smith did just followed Frank Miller and I yeah. loved his run in it but uh, he did he he took yeah it was nice to see him in She-Hulk as a more fun character and I think they were that Marvel MCU Disney Plus series like born again it's a different take on him and by that I think the showrunner's like, we have no showrunner, and they wouldn't hire anybody from the Netflix seasons. And I mean, what worked about Netflix is it was dark, man. It was a brutal dark thing, because that's what Daredevil's supposed to be. But anyway, not to go back yeah, to it. Yeah, like, and actually, if I... It, it, you said Spider-Man characters, right? Spider-Verse. 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 Any, any, any spin-off, you know, heroes that's, or villains. One of, my, one of my favorite dark stories, because, like, I love the jobification of Mysterio in all his forms, because he's a silly character. Mm-hmm. And his 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 power is being like a sub pen and teller trickster. And there's a really sad comic where like he is committing suicide with Daredevil, and he says like, "Dude, I can't even get my primary villain to care that I'm killing myself. That's why you're here, Daredevil, instead of Spider Man. Hmm. I have." Spider-Man won't return my negative villain phone calls. You showed up, though, so now you get to experience this. I still think I have not seen a moment in any Spider-Man game that was topped, or that has topped the Mysterio arc in in Spider-Man 2, like the 2002 mm-hmm. movie game, whenever that came out. Uh, because, like, yeah, it, it begins with all these big elaborate illusions and set pieces mm-hmm. and it's like gradually he runs out of money fighting you <laughs> and and the last encounter with him he is holding up a convenience store and like you're seeing him at his lowest ebb and he turns around to face you and like his energy bar fills up like five times or something it's this big dramatic thing and you run up and you punch him once and it all goes away he collapses <laughs> immediately <laughs> it's the best it- thing ever the the Quentin Beck in the Spider-Man 2 universe, I also want to compliment. Uh, don't look at me right now, because I'm super unshaven and unkempt. It's the closest I've seen a video game character to look like me. He has a very specific look, and we have similar facial structures and hair. My hair is never represented in games. It's never a selectable option. Hmm. And 
that guy sort of looks like me, the new Quentin Beck. <laughs> and nice. I, I think he, I think he might be like Hispanic or something, but like, you're the closest that's ever looked like me. Nice. Nice. Mm-hmm. All right. So what Spider-Verse character do you think needs a spinoff game? Let us know. Go to the official Laser Time community on Facebook. There'll be a thread there where you can answer. Or ping us on Twitter, Threads, or Blue Sky, and we will read the answers on next week's show. Oh. Uh, all of those at VG Apocalypse. By the way, we should say it can be. It could also be an alternate universe Spider-Man. You know, it could be Spider-Gwen. Like, there's mm-hmm. all not just base Spidey or the enemies. Like, there's. I lots didn't of mention that because I don't know how they're not doing that, but it doesn't look like they're doing that. Not right ga- away. In the games, yeah. In the game. Yeah. It does not, not look like the they're doing sp- Into the Spider-Verse thing. No, but it's it's an, it's on the table. Because there are so sure. many iterations of Spidey that would make kick-ass games. I mean, they've done it once, which is Miles. Like, they, they already did a, an alternate Spidey. Yeah, I don't see how they don't do that, but it really doesn't look like they are. And, 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 and like... Yet. Man, we, we're having a big conversation about DLC. I had never been so disappointed in DLC than the Spider-Man DLC. It sucked. It was so dumb. Uh, just like, here's more missions. No voice acting. Hmm. No <laughs> no new radio stuff. Uh, just stuff. I'm like, just give me fucking Mysterio Challenge Rooms if this is all this is. <laughs> That'd be fine. Yeah. Honestly, the one I would really like to see is Gwenpool, which will that's, probably never happen because that's a weird-ass character. I Again, I don't know. Like, if Daredevil's here... Well, Daredevil's, I think, was separated from Fox earlier than Wolverine and uh, the other X-Men and Fantastic Four. Whew, yeah, that'd be weird. You know who may have the rights to do that, if it exists, is uh, Microsoft Activision. now, since Activision <laughs> published the Deadpool game, right? <laughs> I mean, that seems like a very temporary license, and but a really good idea, and I love Michael likes fucking Gwenpool, because oh, it's... Yeah. Well, it's, it's a fantastic idea that it's like she's yeah. a person from the real world. Her superpower initially is just that she has an encyclopedic knowledge of the Marvel Universe, knows yeah. everyone's weaknesses and, and secret identities, etc. And then I guess they it, she eventually develops something like, oh, I can transcend the pages. I can literally break the fourth wall. Break the fourth wall. Yeah. And if you haven't seen it, uh, uh, Cross the Spider-Verse is just hit Netflix. So, yeah. It's good. It's, it's very it's, good. It's... it's, it's I didn't love it as much as I loved the original, which Same. I talked my friends into voting it one of the ten best movies of the decade, and everyone still stands by it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, uh, into the Spider Verse, very very good. And the only reason I don't like Across the Spider Verse as much is because it's it's half a story. That's true, mm. and maybe it'll be better once it's finished. Yeah, I know, but it was already having issues like being finished on time before strikes, yeah, and yeah. like who knows now. And was even being changed as it was being put into the theaters, which may have been like a cute little stunt, or it may have genuinely, genuinely been that some prints were delivered unfinished. Could be the changes were still being made after it was distributed. They made it sound like it was intentional, but I yeah, yeah read what Michael had mentioned that you no, know, this is because things were being finalized at the last minute. People were being overworked like mm. motherfuckers. Yeah. Ugh. All right. So, uh, again, let us know at VG Apocalypse or the official Laser Time uh, community on Facebook. Um, let's go with some plugs. What else have we got? Um, uh, 30 2010 this week, I think I've managed to squeeze in Robocop, Matrix, uh, Elf is there, the first, what we're calling the modern classics. It takes like 20 years to become a classic, and there are three 
classic Christmas movies that enter the arena in 2003. I feel like Elf, people kind of knew Elf right away was a classic. Like, within four or five well, years, people were making that an annual watch. You know? Matt, I, I, my perspective was I was a comedy nerd who loved Will Ferrell. Yeah. And we showed up. It was not a packed theater opening night. And I bought it on DVD. And then I didn't hear anything from any other human in the world. And then ten years later, I'm like, there's merchandise. Like, an entire aisle of Elf... Target stuff. Why wasn't this revisited? We'll talk about that on the show. It's also like one of John Favreau's first directorial movies, wasn't it? Second, it's yeah. Second, yeah. After yeah. Zathura, which is awesome. Yeah, yeah he's uh, and he's now he's quite the director. I mean, I, oh yeah, yeah he's, he's got his hand in creating the Marvel universe and the only good Star Wars thing. <laughs> it's to me, he will always busy. be he will always be the stoner who gets lost on his way to the George Clinton concert in PCU. Like, oh man, is. you're you're wearing the frog and toad and friend shirt. Don't be that guy. Hmm. Don't be Don't that guy. <laughs> um, I mean, the other thing I'll plug is we've been talking about it enough. I I think I can sign us up. I can commit us. We're we're going to do a Spider Man two. Spoiler cast via Apocalypse Guide in when we all finish, which should be fairly soon because we're kind of all chewing through before that. Before the end of the year. There's Absolutely. A, there's a lot the of other stuff to chew on right there now. Is, also. There is. There yeah. is. But uh, but that that's one I think it's fun because it's comic y and all that. When stuff I say here. I platinum the game, um, I don't know if people like this advice or my co hosts like hearing it, but I'll just say I love unmissable achievements. And there's nothing you can't go back and do. If you max out your everything, which if you're liking the game more than just crit pathing it, you're going to do that anyway. I finished the game. There were four achievements left to unlock. The last one being the platinum when you get the other three. And the, uh, the other two involved a mission that pops up when you finish the game. So it's, <laughs> it's right. it was very a very simple platinum. There was only one. I had to literally try and do one thing in that game to nice. get the platinum. Cool. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, as always, you can visit us on the official Laser Time community on Facebook, or you can uh, follow us on Twitter, Threads, or Blueski at VG Apocalypse. You can follow me personally on all those platforms at Wikiparas as well. That's been our show. Thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you next week. They got divorced. Who won? Greatest kid statement of all time. Uh, Who won?